0: Every Who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Please don't ask why no one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the hoose. Staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the wall. Lighted windows below in their town For he knew every who down in Whoville beneath Was busy now Hanging a holly who And they're hanging their stockings He snarled for the sneer Tomorrow is Christmas It's practically here Then he growled with his Grinch fingers Nervously rubbing I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming
1: Just a
2: second It's funny, it'll give me a chance to mock me.
3: Did you forget
2: anything else
3: important? Well... Oh, no. <laughs>
2: Let's not worry about it just now. Hey, hello, hey, hi. It's Tuesday. We are uh, live back again and so forth. Not unlike the tag team. Uh, it is uh, 3 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and it's the month of December in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming along and making it a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, South Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, it is Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. That'll be your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents. Your, uh, your hilarious puns on the name Cox. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, well, that that's it. Uh, 503-733-2970. That is our phone number today. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, able, and sweaty. Uh, getting ready to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the perverse, the whatever. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, you can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, Tim at 970.am, or Richie with a T at 970.am. Again, our phone number is 503-733-2970. So, uh, hello, and uh, I'm back, gone yesterday, back today, uh, and then here live the rest of the week. Don't forget, coming up this Friday, uh, our big holiday extravaganza uh, featuring uh, some live music, and studio guests, surprises, live radio play. It's all coming up this Friday. Uh, the 21st, the uh, 21st, this Friday, the 21st, uh, starting at 11 a.m. Uh, tell you friends, as that guy said in that movie, with the thing. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, all right, let me just address a couple of things. Well, first of all, Tim and Sarah are here, so I'll ask them. Okay, what should I start with? Should I start with an overview of the day's happenings? Or should I start with, uh, why am I sounding all cracky?
3: Let's start with the cracky thing because you're <laughs> acting a
2: little weird. I'm not acting weird, I'm just I am acting. If I'm acting weird it's I can only tell because when you're in a
3: strange mood because you start to project and you're acting like Tim and I like, How are you guys today? You doing okay? And Tim and I are just sitting here playing our computers, like, we're fine.
2: I was just trying to be courteous. <laughs> no, you weren't. I did when you gave me the thumbs up, I did ask if it was sarcastic.
3: <laughs> no, I could already tell that you were a little yeah, there's something a little off today. Well so what happens? Well,
2: it's not one thing so much as it is uh, endless cascading of things. Um, let me work backward for for now. I'll say that A I was running a little late this morning. Uh, Yesterday, I was catching up with the email, and then I had like three different meetings. As somebody said, I felt like I was in an old Rock Hudson film. Three different meetings with three different people in three different rooms all at once today. So I was actually going from one room to another to another to another and I would stay in each room for no more than 5 minutes and I'd say pardon me won't you and then I would leave and I go off to another room where I would sit and nod for 5 minutes and then I'd say won't you excuse me please and then I would go to another room so that was my morning Uh, And then trying to get, you know, everything put together for the show today. We're working on Friday at a feverish and hectic pace for Friday's holiday extravaganza. We're getting that put together, which is going to be great. It's just a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a nightmare logistically. So we're working on rehearsals and scheduling and the music and whatnot, and that's all coming up for Friday. So... As you know, I monitor my caffeine intake very, very carefully. Uh, a lot of people think that I just come in here and just guzzle caffeine nonstop. Not so. Uh, I actually have a whole system for There's how
3: much... There's method methods
2: There really is. I have a cup of tea when I wake up in the morning. I have uh, a cup of coffee and one viso at 10 o'clock. Uh, I have uh, two more cups of coffee at 1 o'clock. And then I have two more cups at 4 o'clock. And then that is it. Now, keep in mind that this is my coffee consumption has been thrown off the last couple of days anyway because I've been in lovely Orem, Utah.
3: Wait, you wake up and drink a cup of tea? I do.
2: Because, we it, has, prefer we can't, man. because it has some caffeine, but not as much. And I find not that I... Your preferred tea? Uh, just like an orange-black cut. Oh. Like a, like a black pico tea. Uh, so, it, because I found that coffee also has a sort of Pavlovian response. Have you noticed that even if you drink decaf, if you drink a cup of decaf sometimes... For at least a few minutes, you'll feel like really awake because your body's like, here it comes! It's like a, it's like a, you know, trained response. So I've learned to avoid coffee in the early morning just because even the taste of it sort of amps me up and then I kind of crash later. So anyway, but I've been in Utah for two days where coffee is not impossible to come by, but my caffeine intake was very limited. Let's put it that way. For example, yesterday I had a cup of coffee, and it was weak-ass Utah coffee. A cup of coffee for the entire day yesterday. And that can't happen. I had a blinding headache by about 4 p.m. that just would not go away. Uh, and I wasn't able to get any of the airport for reasons that we'll get into in just a second. It's, so we're going to do a whole decompression in just a second of my weekend. Um, anyway, so I'm running late today, trying to, trying to get my caffeine intake taken care of. I've had a cup of coffee. I go to the kitchen. I'm like, hey, I'm going to have a crisp, refreshing viso, more of everything good. It is well known that the vending machine that dispenses beverages—we've talked about this actually at some length—not only takes ones, but it takes fives because so many like energy drinks, and whatever, are so expensive now. So it takes five-dollar bills. You put in a five, takes your couple bucks for the viso, kicks back however much in, in quarters. This morning I'm like, all right, viso, this will leave me 11, enough change for you know for a for a Clif Bar. Hooray! I put my five-dollar bill into the vending machine this morning, sucks it in, me, B three, you know, for the viso, nothing. Try it again, B3, and it says, please insert $2. And I'm, I just put 5 in. So it took my $5 bill, and not only didn't give me the visa, it just showed no indication that it had even accepted the $5 bill. Just took it and then pretended it hadn't. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to freak out. I'll address this with Eric, the vending guy, later. I go back to my pocket, take out two $1 bills, price of the visa on the vending machine. Put the two $1 bills in. You can already see this coming nothing as though I had so What's I it's
3: wrong with you you didn't learn your lesson the first time I was
2: under caffeinated I wasn't thinking right so I put in seven dollars to the vending machine this morning and received bupkis in exchange for it so I had to go up to my office and drink a warm viso I know the people in Rwanda oh, aren't so hard. really I know oh. that people aren't really sympathetic in other countries but I'm saying I had to drink a warm viso tepid is what it was room temperature that's not my America no it's not an America for any right-thinking individual uh, so uh, so I'm chasing it with some extra coffee just to sort give me a little extra pep today. So, my caffeine intake today was, f- and then I'm seven dollars out in the vending machine. In a best case scenario, I'll have to wait for Eric, the vending guy, to get in whenever he gets in this week uh, to give me my seven dollars back. So,
3: so if then, he even believes that you. If he even $7 believes it, it, totally. So it sounds kind of like a fictitious story. So
2: I'm out seven bucks and under caffeinated. So that's how my day. That's what happened right before I came on, on the air today. It's all very exciting by which I mean to say not at all probably to you but uh, all right so we'll talk about my weekend here in just a second but um I will say this by way of a guarantees. I'm going to tease something then we'll do introductions talk about it on the show and then I'll give a brief recap of my weekend which I'm sure everybody's waiting to hear uh, so everybody has been asking me I got logged on to my email this morning my show email for the first time in, I guess it's Friday and just the number of emails Asking for verification of whether or not Richie went to the Swingers Club this weekend is staggering.
3: Let me just let you know that Tim and I were professionals yesterday, and we did not ask him a single question. I don't even know what happened. We Thank bit both so our
2: tongues. Thank you so much. Even though we really that.
3: wanted to, because he would start to talk about it, and Tim and I would look at each other like, "Stop talking, Richie. You mm-hmm. can't tell us."
2: So, those, so we went Please to, not. so we toured the Swingers Club on Thursday, and then on Friday it was revealed that a uh, someone we will only refer to as an attractive female listener called Richie was like, you got to go to that sex club with me. And so Richie was like, oh, I just don't know, Mr. Richards. I, I don't know whether I want to go. And so there's this whole debate in Richie's head, for whatever reason, about whether he was going to go to the swingers club on Friday or not. So we will reveal, uh, we'll have him in, and we will reveal, that's not like Dragnet, in a moment, the results of that sex club visit. We will uh, we will talk about uh, Richie's weekend, whether he went to the Swingers Club, and if so, uh, how it all came out. We'll talk about all that here just a few. Um, Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification on this Tuesday.
1: Well, it looks like two OSU College of Forestry clear cuts triggered that Highway 30 mudslide. Donnie and Maria are in talks to start a brand new talk show together. Yeah. Two teens were given shock treatments at a Massachusetts hospital after a prank caller ordered them. Amy Winehouse is arrested in London. Peter Jackson is signed to produce The Hobbit. Ooh. There'll be more than one. <clears throat> and a Santa complains about being groped by a woman. Fantastic.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh no, there's a joke there I'm not going to make. All right, uh, we're joined today as are we always by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dylan. Hello, and how are you?
4: Hello. How did
2: everything go yesterday in my absence? Stellar, I imagine? It's yes. Uh, as There was some, some computer crash right before the show.
3: Yeah, it was about 45 after I'd spent 15 minutes setting up all of the show bits in there and organizing everything. Then it just froze. Yes. And so Brian had to come in and reboot everything. Yeah,
2: but you know, but Brian, can I just tell you, that is the guy you want in charge of everything. When the coming of zombie apocalypse happens, uh, Brian is the guy you want on your side. I'm telling you. Yep,
3: he came in, he got it. Well, him and Matt both came in. I couldn't find them. I'm running into the engineering place. I'm like, Engineers, Engineers, there's nobody. Of course, they're always out back smoking. Of I don't course. know why I even go into the engineer office.
2: And it is amazing, by the way, that the smartest group of people we know, people who know more about the inner workings of complex machinery more than anyone else, spend all of their time destroying their bodies. <laughs> out back just drinking and smoking with abandon. No, I judge all things by who I want with me when the when the zombie apocalypse comes. And the engineers are at the top of the list. Absolutely. Really. That's a guy who make anything out of anything. All right. Um uh...
3: oh, yeah, a listener brought me um books about the upcoming zombie apocalypse.
2: Now, this is a listener who brought you uh, World War Z and, and the, zombie the Zombie Survival, survival guide, guide, which I've never read, so I'm going to borrow that.
3: From I you. am so excited about this. I, um, yeah, many of my friends have the Zombie yeah. Survival Guide.
2: World War Z, by the way, and as I've said it many times, you go into it thinking it's going to be kooky.
3: The zombie war! Wah, wah, wah.
2: And then it's, it's just like pitch black. No,
3: even already just reading little bits of the Zombie oh, Survival Guide, I'm like, who? It is
2: just so deeply disturbing. I actually have the... I'm such a fan of World War Z. I have it... I have the audio book, too, which is acted out by a whole bunch of people. Henry Rollins, Mark Ham. Alan Alda. Uh, it's just so deeply warped well, and wrong. It's the, it's
3: the back history of like people reporting that, totally. that they've had contact with the living dead. Yeah, it's,
2: it, is, it is like 10 years after the war is over. And so it is like when Tom Brokaw goes around to the greatest generation and goes, tell me about World War II. And they all go, well, I was at the Battle of Anzio, and let me tell you, I've never seen more blood than that day. And then they give the whole breakdown of like some climactic or crucial battle in World War II. Uh, and they do this like Ken Burns does with all those war documentaries. Well, they'll talk about it. Let's talk about the Siege of Khe And some guy goes, well, that morning dawned crisp and cold around 6 a.m. when we first saw Charlie. You know, and you're just kind of going, oh, God, you can just sense the coming doom. So it is with the zombie war because it's all retrospective. So World War Z, I strongly encourage everyone to read it. Uh, so, oh
3: so, right. yeah, so for you, it was the hardest thing yesterday to not ask Richie about it.
2: Thank you, so- and I do appreciate it. I really honestly do... I know how hard it is to bite your tongue. Even the we together... And even if together, like, you
3: would start talking about it, and Tim and I are like, stop talking about it.
2: Well, see, we've all worked together for a while now, but and Richie is, is... No offense to him. He's sort of the newcomer to the group. And so we've all had to train ourselves when something exciting... Because you can never... Recreate the the mm-hmm. real. We're not we're terrible actors. I know I'm nervous yeah. about Friday. <laughs> yeah, I understand. We're off. I'm just saying when it comes to the radio, we we can't method act. Like I, I gotta uh, you know, or maybe we can method act. I don't know what that means. We we can't pretend very well. And so like if we're just like, let me tell you about the sex club, I'm like, no, you gotta wait. You gotta wait and tell me on the air because I won't be able to act excited if I already know. So. Uh, so we will talk to Richie about the Swingers Club, but I do appreciate the restraint you all showed in not asking him about it. So well done. Um, all right. Uh, well, let me just... Uh, here's what's coming up today. We'll talk to Lisa Desjardins uh, later on today. We will talk to Steve Kastenbaum. We'll talk to Jim Roop about these, the Hollywood labor strike, and we will have the... I think we may not have time for this. Top five bands who sound just like ACBC. Uh, we will do that today. Top five bands who sounds just like ACDC. I had all of these copious notes about my trip to Utah and the hell that was getting there and back, but I've had to reduce it down because otherwise it would just be the whole show. I boiled it down to a few beats, as they say. Um, beat number one, first of all, I had to fly out of here at 6 a.m. on Saturday, which means I had to be up at 4 a.m., which is it's just like a living, breathing hell, the airport anyway. And, of course, we're traveling with a dog. And and just, you know, just wishing you were dead. And it's not even like you're getting up at 4 a.m. to go to Tahiti. You're getting up at 4 a.m. to go to Orem, Utah. Jesus Christ. Uh, and so, you know, for, and of course, we, for, I'd set coffee the night before, but I'd set it incorrectly. So the coffee wasn't rude when we got up and we had no time to make it. Um, we had neglected to get gas the night before. So we're halfway to the airport and the low fuel light comes on. And it's just like the worst morning already. 4.30 a.m., Fuel light on, no coffee, trying to corral my dog while I'm getting ready to go on a plane to Orem, Utah. It's just like, can you get up at 4 a.m. so we can kick you in the balls? You know, sure, why not? Uh! Um, So we finally get there, and it's just, I don't want to knock my in-laws. I'm going to try very hard to be polite. I'm just saying, the way they spend their time and their days is much different than perhaps mine. Um, it's a whole lot of sit around, don't drink coffee, and watch Fox News all day, and y- y- you're just sort of like spending the whole time just wishing that someone would drive by and just put a bullet in the base of your head. Um, and then I would get some, you know, then I would be able to go out and get some coffee. Uh, they've actually loosened up considerably. I'm actually able to leave the house and go get coffee somewhere else now.
3: You don't have to hide it like a secret shame. No, chain no,
2: times. I'm able to. And once I get coffee, then everything is sort of okay for a while. You know what I mean? It's it makes the demons quell. Uh, and so you, it's just. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, my, it's my perfect life, but it, as long as I have some caffeine in my hand. But, of course, the nearest coffee is like half a mile away. And as I said before, it's just this weak-ass Utah coffee. Um, and so I would be able to get like one cup or maybe one and a half cups a day, which is just enough to allow you to function, but not enough to actually let you feel good. Just enough to keep you from actually lapsing into a, stumer, a stupor. Um, on the way there, we noticed a foul odor on the plane. I did tell Sarah about this, actually. It was revealed as we were leaving Portland, as we were taking off for Utah, that the plane had just, I swear to God, the plane had just been used to transport thousands of pounds of fish. They had How just.
3: How is that even possible? And in a, a passenger commercial plane? airline. And in a
2: passenger plane. That's what I don't understand because we're all like. Pfft. And of course, my well, first. can you? Th- what, what airline did you fly? Uh, let's say that it's a. Uh, Let's say it's an airline whose name might be familiar to any number of sorority sisters. Animal host? Well, yes, actually. Uh, you know what I'm talking... Yeah. Oh, okay. If you are in the Greek system, you might be familiar well, with I this I never airline. fly them. Uh, well, let They're me tell you. Let me give you another reason not to. Um, yeah, so it's a passenger plane. I don't even know how that works. But we're like, what is the foul stench? And she goes, well, we were transporting some seafood, so you may notice a lingering odor. And we're like, well, yeah, hello. And so the whole, it's like you're inside a rotting sardine. That is so awful. It was disgusting. And because at first I thought, I thought, oh, did you know, did Max? Tea or something? Is it like my is my dog the responsible for this smell? And then you realize you're glad because it's not your dog. You don't want to be embarrassing. And then then you realize oh no we're just in a plane that was used to transport like anchovies. So just a, a three hour flight in a plane that smells like fish to a place you don't want to wake go. Up at
3: Four a.m. with no milk no and no coffee.
2: <laughs> Jesus man, it was just like ugh, just hell. Uh, let's see. So there's that. Uh, let's see. I uh, just a couple other uh, the brief notes here. Well, first of all, radio in Utah's just the worst thing. Radio in Utah just sucks beyond all comprehension. I know that it's ranked as one of the best places to live as a radio listener. Not so much. Everything there, it is still about 1989 there. Um, it is Everything there just sounds like it's... It, it's not even 1989. Everything in Utah is still lodged permanently in about 1993 alternative nation-era music. It's, you know, where they're, they're still playing like a lot of... Um, What's a good example? You're driving around, and they're still playing a lot of, like, Marcy Playground and thinking that it's just the best cutting-edge music that the record companies possibly have to offer. What should we play? I don't know. Let's play Gin Blossom songs uh-huh. all day. Everything there is either country or alternative. Um, By the way, radio names are just as bad in uh, Utah as they are here.
3: There has to be a wolf there. They're
2: either. There is. And there's a, there's a move in there. There's, there's a, one
3: in Seattle. I, I, I'll be fucking the stations and hear that. And
2: all the radio names there are either really... um cliched and like, normal, or they're kooky, but in a way that's about 15 years old.
3: So do these business guys just get and, like put on their suits and go to a room and be like, you know I like to name a radio station? The Wolf. And let's call thousands of radio stations that same name because it's so stellar.
2: Let's put an Excel spreadsheet over the
3: whole country!
2: And make every radio station sound the same. I've got make some make sense. clip art that won't cost us a dime. Exactly. That's totally that what it clip is. clip
3: art is terrible, Look, too. Look, we've,
2: uh, we've already got this logo laying around, and I'd rather use this than pay someone $9 <laughs> to come up with a new logo.
3: a light bulb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's exactly what it is. And any number of radio stations that you would recognize from Portland are also there. Yeah. Um, and so the DJ names are all either really cliche normal, or they're like a 1993-era alternative. So there's a guy named Zach Taylor. That's, you know, because why not? Just call everybody in Radio Taylor from now on. But then on the alternative station, there's the guy with the obligatory zany name. He's Artie Fuffkin, <laughs> And Artie Fuffkin is the record rep from Polymer Records and Spinal Tap. Oh. Who has the the record store signing where nobody shows up. And he's going, kick my ass. Kick my ass for a man. That's Artie Fuffkin. So, of course, you know, Artie Fuffkin, You know, and he's there playing lots of, like, Alice in Chains and, you know, whatever. Whatever the hell. Just terrible. Um... All right. That's I did hear one great new band while I was there and we'll talk about them later. But uh that's pretty much it. Oh, well, yeah. All right. So so that and then I so then I flew back. And so I'm running late. I get on the plane to fly back from Utah yesterday. And of course I'm bringing the dog back with me cuz he doesn't play well with my in-laws dog. And so I'm bringing him back. And it's on a tiny, tiny little plane. I mean, just minuscule. And I never check anything. I don't trust those savages to look at my look at my things. I never check anything. I Man, never do. Carry I am,
3: on only. I am a crazy person. Even if I go somewhere for a year, I will make sure that it all fits into two travel bags.
2: And so I've decided, though, because I hate the TSA people so much, uh, and I realize that they're only doing their job, but I'm going to make their job as hard as possible, hoping that it will trickle upward, that they will complain enough to their management that eventually something stops. So I've decided now, because this whole thing of, like, if it's more than three ounces, you have to put it in a plastic bag. Otherwise, we'll take it. Her, 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 her. And so, A, I had left all, I had like a bunch of expensive, you know, like, I don't know if it's dumb, but I have like, a, like hair product or whatever. It's like $19. I'm not going to let those bastards take that. So I left some of that stuff in Utah. I did this great thing, though, in my bag. Every other single item I had, I put in its own Ziploc bag. I took even things that didn't need to go in Ziploc bags, you know? Shoelaces, zip, belt, zip, you know, little travel leaflet for the Mormon church. Zip. So when the TSA guy opened my bag at the airport, there were about 75 Ziploc bags inside. I mean, in the minute he opened it, they spilled everywhere. It was the happiest moment. It made me so happy. Because he goes, I'm going to have to search your bag. I'm like, I I said, I go, I go, well, okay. Uh, I, tried to, uh, I tried to err on the side of caution, sir. He opens my bag and <laughs> like a mountain of Ziploc bags just everywhere they spilled. And he looked up at me and I said, that's uh, okay. I trust you to put it back. And then I just stood there. And it took him probably a good 15 minutes to repack my bag. And I showed up early, too, so it was no problem. I felt it was so good. It was so satisfying. Just watching him scurry around, minimum wage with a gun, p- repacking my bag for me. I didn't even mind that then, in a fit of pique, they made me get the pat down search just because they were pissed at me. But I didn't care. It was so deeply satisfying. Um, anyway, so I get on the plane, and I have Max, and I have my bag. And the, it's such a tiny plane that the bag and Max, it's like jutting over into the space of the guy next to me. So I felt terrible about that. I'm wedging, wedge my bag and then Max, Max is actually over in the foot room of the guy next to me, to which I was, I just had to apologize the whole flight because there was just nowhere to put him, nowhere to put my bag. And so I apologized the whole flight to the guy. So I'm flying back. Thankfully, no like uh, fish, you know, whatever, but... As I'm flying back, I, you know, I hadn't shaved for a couple of days because, you know, I just, I just didn't care. I was sort of on vacation and whatever. And so I hadn't shaved for a couple of days. So I'm sort of doing that thing that guys do where you kind of rub your hands over your face. I'm like, ah, oh, I got a little scruffy. Uh-huh. And I rubbed my hands down uh, down across my neck. And I noticed there was, like, I'm not trying to be gross, but there's, like, this, my neck is really, it's swollen. There's, like, a, it's got a pronounced swelling. And I'm like, well, and, of course, I can't, I don't have a mirror or anything. Sarah's now feeling her throat. Um... It was so wedged in, I couldn't get out. Max was basically sitting on my lap, so I couldn't get up. So I'm stuck on the flight for about two and a half hours. I can't see my reflection anywhere. I don't have a pocket mirror or anything. And all I can tell is that one side of my neck is really swollen, and it seems to have come out of nowhere. So I have two hours and 20 minutes on the plane of pondering what this sudden swelling on my neck near all my important glands could possibly be. And, of course, the entire flight, what am I thinking? I'm thinking, this is it. The cancer has finally come for me. The thyroid cancer that I know is waiting has finally appeared. This is it. I'm going to be dead within a week. And it all started on this plane. So I've got a book I'm trying to read. Of course, every time I read the book, I just get distracted by, well, I wonder wonder if I'll have time to make up my will again. I wonder if I'll have time to update. Will I have time to film a Yul brenner esque goodbye video to all my friends and loved ones? The whole flight. I'm just freaking out over the swelling on my neck. And I'm like, because I don't know where anything is. Like, I don't, I don't even know where your thyroid is. Is it in your neck? I think so. No one knows. No. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a so. doctor. And I'm like, I bet that's what it is. Not thyroid cancer. This is it. Well, Emerson, it's the big... You know, I'm, I'm starting to talk to myself like a Mickey Spillane character. This is the hard goodbye. You know? It's like you're waiting for it. I, I am waiting for it. I've resigned myself to the fact that I'm going to get cancer someday. Um, but um, even my wife, we visited her uncle while we were there. And he had a heart attack. And I told her, I'm like, you know, I'm always freaked out about the notion of a heart attack. It sounds, you know, like it's terrible and it's very painful. She said, oh, honey, cancer will kill you first. That was on Saturday she said this. So I'm flying in yesterday and I'm touching... And, of course, you know... I'm repeatedly, like, jabbing the swollen area of my neck going, well, that's what cancer feels like, huh? I thought it would be bigger, you know, or whatever. Totally freaking out about it. I land, drop Max at the house, immediately drive to the hospital. Uh, well, because if you had a sudden, weird, uh, you know, a very pronounced swelling on your neck out of nowhere, you would, you would want to know what that was, wouldn't you?
3: No, I'd wait it out a little bit. Oh,
2: not me. Not me. If it's cancer, I want to know right away. So, I, Max, I drive to the hospital. On the way to the hospital, I'm, I'm planning out the, 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 the posthumous listener party that I will ask you guys to have for me. I'm already planning out, like, should I have a listener party after I've been diagnosed but before I'm dead? Would that be too morbid? Would people even show up to a listener party if they knew I was dying?
3: Oh, sure they would. I'll, and then I thought... You get a lot of sympathy, patrons.
2: See, and then I thought, no, no, no. I'll have Tim and Sarah throw a listener party after I'm dead, but I'll film a sort of thing that they can play afterward. And then I'm, you know, I'm already planning out what I'm going to say and how it's then going to cut to, so like Rick Emerson, 1973, 2007. Um, for all you know, Joni could have it done. She's just waiting for the last line. <laughs> oh, that's so creepy. Like Bob Hope, she's uh-huh. just been making it this whole time. So I go there, uh, and uh, you know, as I as I always say, I don't wish to identify my insurance company, except to say that I barely knew her. So I sit there for a good two hours and forty five minutes, inhaling the assembled fumes of the people hacking up lungs all around me. Finally get in there, the doctor, who looks exactly like Brian Jones, our engineer, by the way, which immediately made me feel okay. i like, it's Brian Jones. He knows everything. The doctor comes in. He looks at me. And then it was a wave of uh, sort of relief, then a wave of embarrassment, then a, then a wave of, of, uh, uh, of relief again. Because he looks at me and goes... He goes, no, 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 that's uh, that's nothing to worry about. And I said, ah, relief. And Then he goes, he goes, I think it's just a really like badly uh, ingrown hair. It's probably not a deal, and it's you know your your immune system, it's just sort of swollen around it. Well, you know, I mean, you know, he goes, he goes, that's just an ingrown hair. You know, it's it's whatever. And he's like, he give you some antibiotics, should go away in a couple of days. And so I was kind of embarrassed. I thought, oh God, I was freaking out, you know, oh what a fool I've been. You know, I shouldn't have come in. Oh, and and then he erased all of that with another wave of gratitude by going, you're right to come in, though. If you hadn't, it would be the size of a golf ball in two days. <laughs> and so, I mean, he's like, oh, well, I was right. Because you don't want to feel like you've just been like a retard hypochondriac. But he's like, you were right to come in. Yeah, that would be the size of your fist by this time next week. So, anyway. So, there. oh, and best part, though, as I'm like speeding to <laughs> the hospital last night, convinced that I'm about to die, red light camera got me. Uh, going through an intersection, bam! You hit that. You, you hear that, that. You know. The, you see that strobe light, and you're like, "Well, there we go. I just got a ticket. Well, I'll be dead anyway. I won't have to pay it." Well, you can
5: so, explain this whole thing to the judge. I was convinced
2: I was going to die. So that was that was, the, that was my weekend. You know, fish plane to Orem. No coffee for two days. Come back. Red light ticket on my way to the hospital to sit for two hours to be told that I have a thing that could have been the size of a golf ball that probably won't kill me. And then this morning, the machine took seven dollars and would have given my visa. But I'm back. So, there you go. Oh, for the love of Christ.
3: Can we right. not talk about Utah anymore? I'm just saying. This first part. <laughs> I'm just
2: saying. I wanted to get it out. You asked why I was feeling a little wacky today. There you go. 29
3: minutes later. I'm just saying.
2: The assembled, you know, whatever of the thing and the deal. Um, now, lease is not till 1145. Should we... Um, That's all. Are you sure? Yeah. Unless you change the time. It's 11.45. Okay. Well, Uh, I just read it. was on the paper. So so. do we want to uh, bring Richie in now? Let's bring him in now and and then have him tell us just a little bit and then we'll break and we'll come back and we'll talk with him more before uh, Lisa comes on.
0: Oh, Richie. It's called Sex Panther. Oh, Richie. By Odeon. Please hurry back soon. It's Roy Pungent. All right.
2: Richie Bristol. Hello, sir. How are you? Good morning. All right, how's life? Hi, Richie. Like my shirt. All right, first of all, your hair is different. When did you frost your he hair? He did
3: it. Bob, I, he came in on Monday, and he, like, had a new haircut, and his hair was all blonde. It was really strange. All right, so I'm just
2: going to cut right to the chase. Richie has not only got blonde hair now, um, <laughs> which is weird. Uh, it looks nice. It's just interesting. Richie is wearing a shirt... From the... Now, it says Ace of Hearts. Now, is that the shirt that they gave us when we toured? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So, as of yet, we still do not know whether you went to the Swingers Club or not. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you give us the short answer, and then we should... Do you think break? Yes. Make people wait through the break, come back, and find out. So, Richie Bristol, the question is, did ye go to the Swingers Club on Friday with the hot chick?
6: Uh, both nights.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Really? Really? So you went Friday? Well, because if you go Friday, it's free on Saturday, right? Isn't that the deal? Yeah. So I don't you even went, know. <laughs> so you went. You went back on Saturday. Because well, there's
3: the one day that they only let ten guys in. Yeah. So that's but, Saturday.
2: That's Saturday. But that's if you're single. Yeah. Wait. So when? Did, so who did you
6: go with on Saturday? Uh, nobody. Myself. Really? Yeah. Everybody bugged. All right. Okay. So you went with the you girl. You went
3: by yourself.
6: Yeah, I had to check it out and feel comfortable and get my membership. Wait, wait <laughs> what? No, hold on. You said
3: the f- night before you were with people.
6: Yeah, try to get up, get up on the... No, uh, on Friday... So
2: on Friday, you went to the Swingers Club with the hot girl?
6: No. I had to find a replacement. Oh, so she bailed? She couldn't find a babysitter. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Is that the story she told you? Yeah.
2: So did you go with someone on Friday? No. I thought Friday... What? Well, I... Okay, let's back up. On Friday, you went by yourself because that's the night when single guys can go. Yes. On Saturday, did you were you did you also go by yourself? No. Who did you go with on Saturday? You have to identify them. But was it this girl? No. Was it someone else? It was another woman you went with on Saturday.
6: No. It was two chicks.
2: Oh please! Yes. Get out! Yes.
6: You did not go with two
2: girls. Yes, I now did.
3: Richie did show me a picture of the two girls
6: together.
2: Is one, one of, of them together? You mean together? <laughs> with no. a special one love.
3: Cute, one of them, not so much.
6: What a terrible
2: thing to say. <laughs> but
3: I'm not identifying which this is. you put them together,
6: they're both hot together. <laughs> so if you balance
2: them out like they're an. If you average them together you need to send me their MySpace profile. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So let me understand this. So on Friday, you went by yourself. And then on Saturday, you went to the Swingers Club with not one, but two women? Yes. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come <laughs> back, we will talk more about this. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. That's how you teach. Uh, all right. So my thanks to Eric the Vending guy who heard me complaining and he came by and refunded my $7. <laughs> Sorry about that.
3: If you actually did spend $7. Shut up! <laughs> all right. We're here with
2: Sarah Dillon, Tim Riley coming up here in a while, Lisa Desjardins and so forth. By the way, your hair looks it's fantastic.
3: Thank you. It's
2: like a Neapolitan.
3: That's that's what I... That's how it's I like describe brown,
2: it. blonde, and then pink. Yeah, I like it quite a lot. Thank so you. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. Have you thought about this? And it really does look great. Don't get me wrong. Have you thought about to what age you'll be able to carry the pink hair business?
3: Seriously, I don't know. Because, like, I, I I had that problem the other day. I bought a shirt, and I wore it, and I'm like, I am too old for this shirt. It's what was the shirt? The Have, is it one I know? Um... No, no, it had like um, it had like this pattern on it, and just for some reason it felt really wrong when I was wearing. I'm like, oh, yeah. I just feel like I am too old for this. So I don't know. I have a lot of older friends who you know still color their hair.
2: Yeah, I mean I think it varies from person to person. Yeah. Have you seen that they they opened? That sounds okay. Have you, that they opened a spinoff of Forever Twenty One? No. It's called. I believe it is actually. There's opening a spinoff store called Twenty One Forever, and I think it's. I, I think. Does Forever Twenty One have Roman numerals? Is that how they do it? No. I think this is an. Sounds dumb. An upscale Forever 21, where its I think it's either called 21 Forever or it's just called 21, and it's like the XXI. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think uh, I think they're opening one of those downtown. You might look into that. I, know it's a, uh, I don't know. We were talking about that one point about how. I
3: do love me some Forever 21. And just... Although I do feel like an old person shopping in there. But okay. everybody I know shops in there secretly, too. What can you do? I'll always see people I know. Last time I was there, I actually saw Artel Exakus and his child. But... Really? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going to say it. I was Oh, I was toying with something for a second, and then I decided to move on. All right, uh, Richie Bristol. So yeah. did you did you frost your hair in anticipation of going to the Swingers Club? No. Where you're like, I'm going to the Swingers Club. I'm going to get me some blonde hair.
3: Yeah, yeah, when did I you do that? I wanted to.
2: When uh, did you do this? Afterwards. All right.
3: But uh, after day one or day two?
6: Day two.
2: Okay, so on Friday night, you went to the Swingers Club uh, alone. It was a single guy, because I think it's uh, a lot of guys on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Now, if I can ask this, just to deviate for just one second. Now, Sarah, now, are you... Are you now... You had sort of ruminated out loud about maybe going to, yeah, I think, to absolutely not participate or take place in anything there, but to just sort of take in the sights. Well,
3: yeah, Lisa and Pasha and I were all going to go together. Like okay. we, said, like, we were Going to get make all loaded it, and go. Uh, yeah, we were going to uh, make it an event. Like, we were going to go out to a nice dinner and have some drinks and then just go in. And we were already taking bets to see how long we'll actually be able to last.
2: How many people you can see pumping it out on a oh, no, before just you want like
3: Yeah, exactly. Like, how short of a time we'll right. stay there.
2: The best part, by the way, when we were touring the Swingers Club with Sarah saying, well, you know, we might come back here some night. And then you quickly added... I will not be fornicating here. However, it would just be to watch.
6: <laughs> make sure I know when you go so that I don't.
2: Oh, that's yet. the other thing. I was thinking yeah. about this too. We have to really coordinate this because I don't know that I would ever go. I mean, I might. I just don't know. I I'm like I'm, I'm like with you if and the whole.
3: I think like, you almost have to do like you know. I'm, you, I how might as well.
2: Just to see it, just to see exactly. what the deal is. But I think we all have to coordinate to make sure we don't cross. Water. Well, here's <laughs> don't cross streams, Ray. I think the deal is. Boy, I just don't even know how to put this. Sarah and like you and I could almost go at the same time since neither of us were, were going to be doing anything. Yeah, we, uh, we would just be observing. I still think it might be a little weird though.
3: It might be a little weird. But
2: but uh, but certainly neither you nor I can go when Richie is there because I suspect <laughs> no. that Richie's doing more than watching. Don't go Saturday. <laughs> oh, see. Okay, so okay, so you go to the swingers club on Friday by yourself. Right. And do they recognize and say, Hey, Richie, how's it going? Yeah. All right. And so you went in by yourself because the girl couldn't find a babysitter. Right. Um, Now, has she made plans to go with you at some point in the future? Uh, Or has she kind of disappeared? You haven't talked about it.
6: No. Okay. I was busy, busy.
2: Busy, busy. So I don't even know where to begin. I mean, how do do we even start this, Sarah?
3: Why don't we just start about um, the events? So I went to the Blazers game on Friday. And I, I saw one of his buddies there, and I'm like, oh, have you, you know, and he's like, Sarah, I'm like, oh, have you talked to Richie? Is he going to go? He's like, no, Richie's still sitting at home, and it was like, like 10 o'clock, and you were still trying to decide whether or not you were going to go. Yeah. So go.
6: Yeah, that, uh, that was Chug. I'm going to call him on now. He's a wuss, because he had, had... you a, invited a guy friend to go with you? Yeah, but he oh, had that's others. Oh, just weird. No, but he had others. And they said they wanted to go, and I was saying I wanted to go, a and... A pack they, of dude friends can't go to a no, swingers girls. club, though. Oh, okay. Oh, girls oh, involved but i go up to a you know, so weird up to vancouver to get him to uh-huh. take him to this club yeah. and he basically wimps out and then, well a guy it can be it can be weird i mean
2: even just to go walk, like look at me i'm agonizing about whether even to go just to see it just to be you a know lawyer. um so okay so you end up going by yourself now were you nervous walking in yeah were you nervous that of, of the deal or were you nervous people we were going to go hey i listened to you on that radio show
6: no i kind of got past that I
2: all know, right okay it's more of the just, just the whole thing is just a little overwhelming. Right. So you go uh, in. You drive
3: to Vancouver. They all um, wimp out. Yeah. And I go. To Lisa, to at some point,
2: by the way, Lisa's going to interrupt this, and it's going to be very awkward, just so we all know.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, she's a pro. Uh,
2: well, I'm wondering when Lisa calls, probably is too much to try to reschedule her to next hour. Would that be possible when she calls?
3: Oh, you already have a like one-time 12.30? 110.
2: Okay. Well, well, we'll figure it out. Okay. Anyway, so you go to Vancouver. Your friends bail. Yeah. And you just say to yourself... I'm gonna go anyway.
6: No, I have another friend, Worm. Okay. That yeah. he had he Worm ready to go, and he bailed out on it too. I went from well, Vancouver back you're to you're offering to these guys
2: like, let's go to a sex club, and they're like, well, I don't know, I'd rather sit at home and play Xbox. But
6: they got girls that'll go. <sighs> so weird.
2: All right. So then you just make the decision, like that's it, f it, I'm going myself. Yes. All right. So when you walk in, then when we toured the place, it was empty. Right. Empty except for the tour guides and us. Mm-hmm.
6: When you walked in, was it? Was I mean? Was it?
2: Was yeah, but yeah. what's
3: going on in the in the lobby?
6: Well. When I walked in like, walked is the
3: door locked? Is it shut and closed and
6: No, it's open. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's yeah, I don't think it's a knock or anything. I
3: think you walk talking.
6: in and they have a guard at the front. It's kinda of busy. But as I'm walking in, I'm seeing a couple walk out I'm like, holy moly. And
2: it's really happening. Hey.
6: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying not to get eye contact in the parking lot. Parking lot's full. Yeah. Well I think they have an agreement
2: with the they have an understanding with that business to sort of have parking. But it's packed. I mean Laura and I we lived there. We would see people I mean he was the joint was jumping, as they say. So you go in, and they, they check your ID, and you check Were in the people and there that,
3: that gave us the tour? Uh, were those people working? Yeah. Okay. Uh,
2: to, uh, okay, because there was two men and a woman who gave us the tour. So they were there, and they
6: went, which, hey, glad you decided
3: to which come on Which mustache in. or no mustache? Uh,
6: I think mustache. Okay. Okay. And it's all a big blur. <laughs> I mean,
3: it looks Saturdays, very different.
2: <laughs> now, were you feeling <laughs> freaked out standing in the lobby? Uh, I would, like, was, even then, did you feel like, I, I,
6: I'm, I'm going to leave? A lot of emotions, yeah. a lot of different mixed feelings and stuff like that.
2: Um. And so, all right, so you, you go on in, and when you walk in, there is that fur. You walk by all those towels. There's a big towel rack. <laughs> oh, you walk, to
3: the lockers and the hot tubs?
2: Exactly. And then you go in, and you can either go, I think, straight ahead into the dance club, or you can go past the hot tubs. What was the first thing you saw? When, what, in other words, what was the first instant where you saw, like, this is a sex club? Uh, leather.
6: People dressed in leather.
3: But I mean, what? Uh,
6: like, like, where were they in the hot tubs? Were they in uh, walking around? In the hallway, kind of walking all right. around. Were
3: people in the hot tub?
6: No, really? Mm-mm. Well, maybe that's for later. Maybe that's like a
2: cool down period. <laughs> Wash
3: off.
6: <laughs> uh,
2: let's re- Get your scrub on. Uh, so this is Lisa. This is so awkward. <laughs> I don't even know how to handle this. Uh, all right, hold on. Let me let me just uh, let's let me just uh, welcome. Hello, Lisa Desjardins. Well, hello. Hi. How are you? How was your weekend? Uh, it was it was great. And you? Uh, it was good. Um, I, I hate to sort of do this all on the air, but it, it, I have an awkward question. Um, if not, I understand. It, is okay. It, is it possible to um, to revisit your segment today uh, at around uh, twelve thirty our time? In other words, about yeah. forty five minutes from now. Sure thing. Could we do that? You got it. Great. That would be fantastic. I apologize and thank you for being so understanding about that. No, We're just don't worry. kind of hip deep in something here that you don't want to be a part of. <laughs> I'll call you guys All back. Right. Thank you, okay. Lisa. All right. There you go. Lisa and Asian. God bless her. All right. My favorite person. All right. So you go in, and then uh, what is the area you first walked into? Because there's the area with the rooms.
6: There's the area with the hot tubs. There's the, you know, where did you walk to first? Uh, the U-shaped uh, couch. U-shaped couch. Remember that?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, with, where with the, and, and there's by the netting where we where took we those took photos. Pictures, yeah. yeah.
6: Yeah, they had a display, like, of toys and whips and <laughs> All kinds of, stuff.
2: and so when you
6: walked in there,
2: I mean, like, was, there, gotta, was, was there sex there happening?
3: There got to be something happening. Like you're just thinking, <laughs> I mean, you may think it sound like
2: you were the only person in the place. No, you walk no. in, was well, there?
6: Friday is is it was more of just you know getting courage and kind of being there, and right. just Kind of getting it out of the way, right? And then I figured out, well, I'm not into this, and I was kind of scared and by myself, so right. I just basically went in and went out, basically. Okay, so on Friday you walked in. Did you? So did how you see long? A lot
3: of you... Did you see people humping when you walked in? <laughs>
6: Uh no, there was an area that they were, and you know, either to stay away from that area and stuff. That's what
3: he was. T- that is the one thing he said. He's like, you can tell like the there's a pretty people area, and then there's an area that you kind of want to stay away. from. Really? <laughs> there's an A
2: pile and a B pile. <laughs> so how long did you stay on Friday total? Uh, I don't even know. In to out, like an hour? A little less, maybe. A little less. So you walked in, kind of got the lay of the land, and did you? Was the deciding factor that you were a single guy? Did you think like oh, I just don't want to be going up and just getting on with one of these women. Right. That I just don't know and whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, uh did you stay long enough did you did you uh, observe anybody uh, in the act? Uh no. All right. So, were they was they mostly up in the little private rooms or whatever? Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: So, were there a lot of people like were you passing people in the hallway? Yeah, there
6: were, you know, like
3: How many people would you did you like see?
6: 30, 40, 50?
2: Wow. It's oh, not too bad. Okay. And this was early in the evening because they're open to like 4 a.m., I think. Yeah. So, all right. So then fast forward to Saturday. Okay. So how is it that on Saturday you end up going with two women? Well, because Friday,
6: you know, I was trying to find some. to And your friends go, failed. Yeah. I called everybody. And right. And I, I resorted to MySpace. <laughs> oh, Jesus, really? Tell me you put out a bulletin. Tell me
2: you put out a bulletin
6: saying, come with me to the
2: sex everybody club. Everybody did it on
3: the AM 970. my <laughs> oh, God. How you did know you? this is like his freebie. Got- did you, Richie? No. He did. What He's did you, using AM970 MySpace. No, I did Where? How no, no, did you use
2: MySpace to find even a girls? friend on there.
6: How did you find... How did you do it? Uh, well, I went through my personal MySpace. Did you look to see who was online? Well, I saw a picture of two girls and thought.
3: <laughs> really?
6: Was it literally a, a profile that had two girls? On the were
2: picture. They, and they were online? I have a
3: picture. Do you want to see them?
6: And they
2: were online? Uh-huh. And then did you send them an instant message or something? Yes, I did. And what did it say? And then I'll look at the girls here. Um,
6: what are you doing <laughs> tomorrow? And they said, nothing, why? Well, I'm looking for this and that, and I'm doing this and this. No, day. no, 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 not looking for this and that. <laughs> when they said, what
2: are you, why, why are you asking? What are you doing Saturday?
6: What did you say? Well, I was ta- I was using the show um, <laughs> shamelessly. Well, I, uh, we're I doing have a radio sh- program, and uh, we got to check did
3: this you, out. Just be honest, did you you do it from the... Am oh, No, they're not. They're, but you
6: did
2: use the, the, the but you used the radio show line.
6: You said I'm on the radio and we're doing a little uh, tour tomorrow. Well, Thursday we went on a tour and I have to you know check it out while it's open. I can't find anybody to go with me.
2: Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> really? But they were like, yeah, sweet.
6: They were suddenly they were really into it. Yeah. Are these girls that you've known before? I mean, you know them? I didn't. I had met one of them through a friend through a friend
2: maybe last. And they somewhere. just added you on MySpace because? Yeah. So you didn't really know them. Did no. you know their names?
6: Uh, no, I just met one of them Jesus. that one night. All right,
2: let me look at the photo. Okay, you ready? Oh, are, are they listeners?
6: It? Uh, no, but they might be listening now.
2: <laughs> well, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I give a thumbs up.
3: And Trying to be the hip mom. And a little crazy eyes. Yeah. I think i crazy. Yeah, eyes. one of them's got
6: the crazy eyes. Oh yeah. Uh,
3: really
6: Now, are they related or are they just friends? Or are they together? Just friends. No, they're not. They, they're they not swingers. They're not lesbians. They're just,
2: they're More just they friends. they for the night?
6: They're just very Were they willing to learn? They're very affectionate
2: okay you're so creepy all right um okay so you just message these total strangers how is it that you have this much game god it sucks to be me so you message these total strangers on MySpace, like would you like to go to a sex club and they say yes jesus all right where do we go and so did you arrange to meet them there or somewhere else
6: uh well if you know, I had to work that night because of the yeah. concert. And I, I was getting kind of nervous. Right. So I said, well, meet me at the bar so I could down some drinks. Let may get loaded before I have sex with strangers.
2: <laughs> um, and so they, you meet at the bar.
6: Yeah. Well, we meet in the parking lot, walk over to a bar near there uh-huh. so that we could just walk back after having made right. a few drinks in a sense. You bought them drinks? Yeah, of course. Um, and we went back. And, and then so there. you go to the club. We go to the club. Now,
2: have
3: they been there before?
6: No, were they uh, what was their reaction? Were they nervous? Were they excited? They were nervous. They were very curious, though. They never
3: No. Did they were they going? um, Were they planning on sleeping with people? Like, could you tell that they were just ready to go there? Never
6: do,
2: I think. Or were they going just initially to observe? Well, to help us for the show. But I mean, were they going out of the curiosity (laughs) factor? They're going for CBS radio. Um, were they basically going for the same reason, like Sarah and her friends might go at least in, you know, was that their initial thing? They wanted to kind of just see it like, oh man, it's so weird. I want to check it out. We've heard from a ton of people, somebody from upstairs who I won't name, um, who, uh, sort of a friend of the show who's very reserved. And I would say she's, um, you know, a fairly conservative person. She's like, I would totally love to see that just to see what it's like. Mm Mm-hmm. So was that their thing initially? Yeah, curious. So there's you now when you walked in with these two, you know, pretty attractive girls, were all eyes on you. Was it like who's the guy with the new meat? No, there's a lot going on.
6: All right, I think yeah.
2: And so you all walk in together. Mm-hmm. And then so once you walk in and you're in the actual club, you and these two women. So what happened? I mean, would did they did they kind of peel off and go elsewhere, did you all stick together?
6: Um, I didn't want them to get scared and stuff Sure, and kind of, you know, uneasy That's about little, it to be overwhelming. So I took them straight to the pool room. <laughs> Not the... Oh, street. oh, the, the, the billiards room. The billiards room. I thought you meant room. like the
3: hot tub okay. room. So you give <laughs> them to the... him some snacks at the buffet? Uh,
6: eventually. So you
3: take them upstairs
6: <laughs> to the billiards
2: room, and there's like some booths, and it's kind of like that, I don't, they might not want this comparison, it's a lot like that Rose and Thistle place. It reminds me of that. Uh, uh Sort of like a pub. Uh, And so you're upstairs, it's like a regal beagle, but with sex. And so you're there,
6: just kind of hanging out of the, the bar area upstairs. Yeah. but But on the way to the pool room, I was very surprised. Because the first thing I did is I walked in, and there was this couple sitting at a table, and I'm like, holy moly, this is she's hot. Yeah. And then I go upstairs, and I'm like, holy moly, more hot people. Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a listener, <laughs> a
2: friend of the show who emailed me, and he's like, hey, my wife and I have been going there for a long time. He's like, a few years ago, it was a real mixed bag, but he said that the last few times he and his wife have gone, he's been really surprised at how attractive some of the, especially the women were. He said it's really surprised he and his wife that it's gotten a yeah, lot because better. Yeah, but
3: you heard the rumors, like, oh, yeah, it's just, you know, Like how we thought before. Totally. Like it's just like a bunch of big ladies hanging out there.
2: He says that he's been really surprised. They've run into a lot of really, uh, you know, not all gorgeous, but I mean normal or attractive looking people. So did you pass sex on the way up? No. No. It was see, just like a club. It's I see. Weird. the thing is, I must have. I, see, now I almost have to go because, well, because
3: they were talking about. It. Yeah, they're like, oh, you can have sex anywhere except for you know the buffet and. And
2: like when you picture it in your head, don't you just picture like Caligula, where it's just sex everywhere, like yeah. you're wading through it in boots to get to the bar? <laughs> and okay, so you and the, they go upstairs, you hang out. Uh huh. Uh And then,
6: Sarah. So what happens? Okay, so I uh, there's two tables, right? And I got I'm I'm thumbing for quarters. And For the jukebox. Yeah, and I this chick sitting at the end of the table, she gives me a big old smile. I'm like, geez, I don't get smiled at like this, you know, ever. <laughs> so I'm like, how you doing? And she was like, oh, my husband just went to get uh, quarters. Yeah. And I said, oh, so you're going to use the table? And she's like, yeah. And I said, well, is it okay if I, you know, and I pulled the chair up. I'm into watching. Can I just watch you guys play pool? Oh. And she was giggling. They were having fun with it. You with the single entendre. <laughs> oh I like to watch. Can
2: I watch him shoot those balls?
3: Like I watch him play with that stick. Yeah. Uh,
6: but she was pretty hot, so I was trying to figure out what their story was right off the bat. Wait, top. what
3: happened to the two girls, though?
6: Oh, they're right there. We're waiting to play pool. And so. And then the other table freed up, and, and we're like, okay, well, I'm trying to get them to relax a little when we're trying to get into it. Right. Uh, so we started playing pool, and it was uh, I had each one of them on a team. We played doubles, but it was me and her versus me and her.
1: <laughs> okay, so you okay, so
2: so the, the, there's like you guys and another couple or whatever all playing pool or whatever. Yeah. And so, so at, let let's now fast forward to what the audience cares about. Okay. Uh, so at any no, point, I think it's coming up pretty soon. Was, all right. So then, yeah. I, was sex would... had
6: by you? Um, we played pool, and then I made it a bet. And the bet was that the God. losers had to do what the winner said.
2: <gasps> you are so you creepy are and great. so creepy. This is fantastic and horrible. You're going to do what
3: the... Oh.
6: We're going to play for sex.
3: And it's like Zap playing. Brannigan.
2: We're going to make a very <laughs>
6: sexy bet, Kif. Uh,
2: okay, And so who,
3: okay, so who, so who won? Loser.
6: Well, I won no matter what because I was on both teams. <laughs> I don't understand. All right, so, so, who, so who ended up issuing the orders? Uh, immediately after I won the game, I went over to the fruit buffet, and said, come on, ladies, and we went to a room.
2: So when you say you and the ladies went to a room. What
3: about the fruit buffet?
2: I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So you won. Which ladies did you go to the room with? The two that came with you, the
6: other lady, or all? Just the two that went with me.
2: So you and the two women,
3: who you did who you randomly who you... sent an instant message to <laughs> on <laughs> MySpace. You don't know
2: that you met on MySpace. You and the two women went off to... Now, was it a private room with the curtains, or was it
6: like the voyeur room? What room was it? Uh, it was a private room. I shut the door, shut the curtain, shut the window. Okay. <laughs> and right.
2: and so then it was you and these two girls uh, knowing one another biblically in this room. Yeah, pocket full of... Oh please really <laughs> is that why is that what you mean when you say you went by the fruit bar on the yeah, way to the fruit you talking bar you like the
3: piece of fruit that I had when we were th-
2: You're talking about a banana. <laughs> that's what he said he's talking about
6: a banana. This would be so much better coming from them but I'll leave it at that.
3: I don't think I'm interested in having them in here.
6: <laughs> well,
3: so you will have a nice tropical smell on my space.
6: Granted it took a little time. It wasn't like, you know.
3: Now, it let it me ask for you the banana? Did, did you the now did
2: let me ask you this. Did you take the banana because you felt uh, that there might be anxiety and you might not be able to perform. <laughs> no, mean, I'd be on the most, I w- I would have that fear. I, I would just have that being fear. Playful. Okay, I mean, it was there. Of course,
6: who doesn't like a banana, Sarah? The, the, um, the buffet's next to the pool table. It's right there. oh so. why not? It's like <laughs> it's a crime not to use it, Sarah. Um,
3: were they drunk? Were you drunk?
6: Uh, I was. Yeah, you had. A I few. only had two wines. I had, but one. you'd had a couple belts at the bar. Yeah. You know, before you went there. Two
2: wines. How long were you and the two girls in the private room?
3: uh estimate hey rick two girls one richie <laughs> <laughs> oh 45
6: minutes 45 minutes
3: 45 minutes you stallion look at, look at that one,
6: you stud it <laughs> <laughs> wasn't me it was the fruit
3: uh see why do you have to
6: say <laughs> things like that are you
3: kidding Like, are you really in- insinuating what i think you're insinuating oh, i don't think it's insinuating i think I he's telling i don't want to hear it from them. let me ask you this any girl who randomly meets the guy on myspace and lets him
6: that yeah,
3: eat fruit. Singers like, uh, no. club.
6: <laughs> you're gonna meet him As at the in club. What's two swings. So I'm That's talking just about
2: unhygienic. Lemore, Sarah. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this: Did you
6: did the fruit at least use protection? <laughs> <laughs> I dropped half of the fruit on the, the on the bed, and I refused to eat that.
2: Uh, dude. I don't
3: understand. I what don't even saying. know what some of this means. <laughs> uh, like it's so veiled not and not, and you're trying not to. What make them look like? And, no, I'm not a slut. I'm going to keep um,
2: it clean. Nothing wrong with being a slut. Uh, let me just... Lots of men love sluts. So let me ask you this. Now, did uh,
3: did, you, did, you, did you did you have sex with both of them?
2: We're, did you have relations? Yeah. Did you encounter each woman? I tied the first one up.
3: <laughs>
2: see, see how we're <laughs> Everyone... asking, and then you're over answering the question. So you tie. Uh, all right.
3: All right. So you guys all go into the room, and you shut the door.
2: Yes. And then what? Do they
3: do? Do they sit on the bed?
6: Who made the first move? Me. Of course, because he's the man.
3: So did you pick one over the other?
6: No. Wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. we well, a the loser. There was a winner and a loser. I see. Too. And so you restrained one while
2: occupying yourself with the other? <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. And then did you switch?
6: Uh, then I tied the other. Then one. you'd
2: switch. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> okay, now I so will tie you. the title like,
3: watching you guys?
6: After she was tied up, she looked and she said, well, she was having fun still. All right. So, so, and then you swapped it. Then the other
2: was tied up and you uh, engaged with the, the first woman. Yeah. Uh, at any point, did they together? No. All right. That's not their deal? No. It will be next time. You know it's true. Uh, you know it's true. Well, especially if
3: the other one is, like, wanting to do <laughs> it.
2: Their cell phone is all... I
6: know, sir.
3: Um, <laughs> I
2: can tell
3: people well, everybody... I need
4: even know more!
2: All right. I don't even know what else to ask. Okay, so then... Okay, so I'm just...
3: I'm still stuck back on the banana. Uh, uh,
2: Well, we we stuck on the banana. We played pool again. (laughs) There was more. And then, so that was the only, was that the only encounter you had that evening?
6: No. Well, we played pool, we played pool for, basically, they had to get naked in the shower.
2: (laughs) The My space rules. Uh, So, and then they they had to nude up in a shower later. Well, the loser. Yeah. Okay. The so-called loser. And (laughs) at any point, did you or the girls engage with anybody else? No, no. Okay. So like it at no just
3: p- the three. Just the yeah.
2: three of you in various combinations. At no point was it like, it. let's get that couple.
6: No, well, I was on the dance floor for a minute. Uh huh. And after I did the split <laughs> I was pole dancing and I started doing the splits and then they were sitting in the rack and I, I got tipped ten bucks by another lady. <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, okay, and so then when did you call it a night? Uh
3: yeah, how long were you there for?
2: Hours. So you left at what, midnight one, two? It was late. Late, okay, and then you walked the girls to their car? Yep. And then you, uh, now, have you communicated since this? Uh, Once. And what
6: did you, what did you now, did but you? Was one or both? I saw them at the movie. Well, they have a mutual profile, it looks like.
2: Were they at the movie? They were at the premiere last night that we did? I'm sure he one gave them passes. Was. They were at the Dewey I Cox. <laughs>
6: you
3: gave them movie passes? Were they, they were, <laughs> oh, uh, they
6: were at the Dewey Cox story? One of them was. Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: So did you eat, did you wait a day and then go, had a great time? We should do it again. Whatever.
6: No, they wanted to, you know, check it out again, and they told me to get. So they have already asked you to go. They told again. you to get what? They told you to get a friend. Uh, one of them made a comment that says basically, uh, you know, get some equipment, and I'll bring my friends to your house. Get some e- <laughs>
3: really? So they equipment. What kind of equipment? They want to move like the,
6: harnesses. They want to stuff. move the party to your house, and they want you to get a harness. They want you to get
3: a sex swing.
6: And all our friends will come over.
0: <laughs> Who are you? <laughs>
3: So you meet these girls, sex and the sex 5, club 000. isn't enough for them. In a room with you, full of fruit and ropes and everything. They want to put that a they, harness
2: in your home. They
3: want you to bring it to your home, so that they can, so you and your friends can have your way with them.
6: No, their friends. She says she'll grab some friends and female friends or male friends. Yeah, her friends. She says she'll grab.
2: So let me understand this. She wants you to put a sex harness in your house, so that she and her other friends yes. can all come over, and you can be attacked You're, by like are nine you women. this up? He's not making it up. I can tell. I can tell he's not. Look
3: at what? I'm
6: going to erase it real quick. I
2: though. can tell that he's not making it up.
3: Wait, what am I looking
2: at? Are you looking? Is there a comment on your... And we have to break. We're so behind it. Is, is there a comment on your MySpace? On the Richie one. On the Richie okay, one. I'm trying to find oh, it. Oh, thanks.
3: You need to... right over
2: the air. Your hand doesn't cover that up. Are you going to erase it? Huh? Read, read the comments. He's going to erase it. I
3: can't it. find it. Alright. This is very frustrating.
2: Well, Rick, we have to take a break. Uh Richie, will you uh let's take a break here, we'll come back, we'll read the comment, then we'll go to Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. We'll undoubtedly revisit this later in the day. There's so much more I want to know. Uh Lisa Desjardins, God bless her. I'm so glad she wasn't on hold to hear all of this. Uh she's so Catholic. Uh anyway, back after this with more of the story. Tim Riley, your phone calls. Stay there, it's the Rick Emerson Show. We will
4: never be the same.
2: Out there on the line. All right, hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. My what a day it's already been. Very compelling radio. All right. Uh, well, we'll return to that subject later on uh, in today's program. Lisa Desjardins coming up here in a while. Uh, Jim Roop and so forth. Without further ado, let's get to an already egregiously late news hour
0: with Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
1: Yes, sir. things going on the road beside the MySpace and sex clubs and whatnot. Thirteen neglected poodles are for adoption. Oh, really? Last month, police seized a total of 25 poodles from a neglectful home. The Willamette Humane Society is opening up early tomorrow for those interested in adopting a poodle.
2: Now, are these, uh, are these, like, whatever, do, do pure poodles, or is it like a poodle? I mean, do, do you know any, have any details poodle about poodles. this?
1: Yes, uh, all the dogs have been uh, groomed, spayed, neutered, testing, and had their teeth cleaned. So they're happy and playful.
2: See, I don't think I can have another dog, but stories like that make me want to get another dog. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because some, uh, some dick doesn't know how to treat animals. Poodles make a great ki- Christmas gift, I think. I have to tell you, I have a poodle, and I'm very happy with it. So uh, it is always tempting to get another one, but I don't think Max plays well with others.
1: Here's this uh, weird story about this uh, thing going on at the battleground, the town council there. The member charged with was stealing from his church. He's he's resigned. Arthur Nelson was in his office for two weeks before he resigned Monday night. He's expected to plead guilty today on charges he stole $14,000 from the Grace Fellowship Church. That's where he served as a deacon. Now, the church has a congregation of 25 people. They reported that he'd been a deacon for several years but resigned in March. Here's the other bad part. He's uh, supposedly legally blind, but neighbors claim he drives a car around (laughs) and has recently hung Christmas lights around his house. Fantastic. Wonderful. A man of (laughs) God. Just gets worse and worse. Of course. Uh, Two people rushed to the hospital after a head-on crash on I-5 in Southwest early this morning. It was a Cadillac driven by 27-year-old Jacob Quez. It collided with a BMW. Ooh, Cadillac on BMW. While traveling southbound on the northbound Lane. Looking
2: like a true capitalist newsman. That's the real horror, of course, is that they were upscale cars.
1: They were. And uh, it happened shortly before 4 a.m. And then those two landslides that happened this week over on uh, Highway 30. Blaming out Oregon State University's College for Forestry. They were chopping down trees around there. And that caused that torrent of mud and debris that inundated those houses on U.S. 30 west of Klanskanai. Please tell me that one of the uh, guys who caused the avalanche was uh, caught up in it. it no. Oh. Uh, the College of Forestry was in the first steps of a domino-like chain of events that sent thousands of truckloads of mud and debris roaring downhill. Nobody was injured, but buildings and vehicles oh. were heavily damaged. One person escaped injury.
2: This surprised me the opportunity to use my the landslide brought them down joke. That's okay. Just think it to yourself.
1: So this is uh, apparently OSU's land, and that's part of their uh, forestry uh, education course, which I I guess that was their night class. Uh, Firefighters rescued an unconscious lady from a burning Beaverton home this morning and aggressively tried to revive her before she was taken to the hospital. They don't know her name yet. And they responded to a multi-story fire at 7650 Southwest 141st at 8 o'clock this morning, found the lady unconscious on the second floor. The same floor where the fire was burning. It's not clear how close the fire was to the woman. She was the only person inside. Then who on earth would want to be out camping after all these landslides and rains? And Fools. Fools, I tell you. Well, a tree uh, tipped from a rain-soaked ground, fell and crushed a woman to death, oh! camping out in Polk County in the campground. Now, people shouldn't be out camping anyway. It happened shortly after midnight at the Wandering Spirit RV Park in Grand Ron. And uh, the Polk County say uh, 51-year-old Julie Mae Williams had rented a truck camper rig to stay uh. there while she worked at her dump truck driving job. Uh, the, previous, uh, the tree previously measured 11 feet in diameter and had been cut uh, down, and the park was using it as a light post. Man, nature terrifies me. It really does. And nature is just no. Man, nature is mean in this thing. It really is. I Oregon mean, Oregon has the meanest nature anywhere. I mean, it's just logs and avalanches and trees falling and mudslides. It's and because we cleared the natives from their land and took it over. That's exactly
2: what it is. This is an angry spirit god. It's not just a wandering spirit, it's a mean ass
1: wandering right. spirit. That's what this is. And in Grand Ronde, that's the home of the uh, the Indian tribe, isn't it? Yeah, Christ. Guess, man. You know? Seriously. So they're getting even now with the wastelands. Uh, no. <laughs> Sowing the seeds of our own demise. Uh, this is weird, too. You were gone for this yesterday, so we're kind of reliving this story. An indoor playground where a three-year-old boy died during a birthday party over the weekend did not have her permit to operate as an amusement facility as required by law. This happened in Castle Rock. So the uh, state of Washington has closed the Hup and Horses uh, playground down until further notice. This young boy suffered serious head injuries at his cousin's birthday party at the Houses Saturday afternoon. Now, the teenager uh, was put in one of those inflatable jumping structures.
2: Oh, right, the, the little uh, the inflatable house thing. Yeah.
1: Now, inside this same inflatable house... Bags of glass. No. Oh. Two adults were wrestling. Oh, see, and you didn't... And we, and we know that people in uh, Castle Rock aren't exactly slim and trim no, to begin no, with. No, they're really not. So you're wrestling in front... In front of a three-year-old child, and of course they couple, so you, you can just guess the rest. Well, of course. I mean, it's like... What, it, what are adults doing in this thing, anyway?
2: Well, in my, in my opinion, those things, in my experience, I'm not saying that's the case here, but those things are typically uh, encouraged by some flagrant consumption of liquor or other intoxicants. And then, the, and then the guy who's like 45 years old and has a hook for one hand says, let's get into that thing with all the plastic balls and roll around. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's always just uh, it ends up going badly. And it, and it sounds like it was a bit of a, a discount playground anyway. Uh, the uh,
1: Let's see. The business and state license expired in 2006. Well, that's good. Why bother to renew those things? So KGW is having a poll on this, and the question is, should there be an age and weight limit? <laughs> really? Honestly, doing the no, hard reporting. think about that hard? No. Should there be an age or a weight limit? All right. Uh, Some people didn't get... They're uh, kicker checks, and there's a good reason for it. There's a software glitch that is, uh, well, it is sending your kicker refund to non-profit organizations. Really? So it's just taking taking your kicker and giving it to charities? Sure. Fantastic. Uh, uh, Tax preparation software... I may have checked the box for you Let's and donated a kicker refund to a state school
2: fund. Let's just say what it is. Microsoft software computers probably did this. Sarah X. Dillon doesn't have to worry about that. No? Man. I sure do Would don't. you like to share your exciting purchase with the audience? I it's, already it's, did a, it's on my website. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, all I got was a photo. Like, I got a photo, like, on my phone. And Aaron had said, because Aaron took you shopping, right? Yeah. yeah. For your computer. And so, I got a photo, a photograph and the caption was, it's She here. is one of us! And then it's a picture of Sarah, like, going, wah, and, like, posing with her MacBook. That's it. That's exactly it.
3: <laughs> Fantastic. It's very exciting and awesome. Although, on um, the camera feature, on the front, like, there's a live streaming yeah. Like, video, so my sister has the same computer, so we can talk, like, actually talk while sure she's in New York. Turned off. Seriously? No, I don't even trust that it's turned off. I covered it with a band aid. <laughs>
2: well, yeah, you don't know It I freaks
3: mean... me out? No way, because if it has the capability to do live streaming video, it is watching me. Totally. I know that it's watching me. You... As much as I love my MacBook, it is Big Brother and it is watching me. And so that thing is. There's no, be no bigger
2: covered.
1: smile than the purchaser of a Mac.
2: All you have to do is, you know, for the wrong box to be checked inside some software, and suddenly your breasts will be all over the internet.
3: I was having full phone conversations and, like, doing all kinds of stuff in front of the computer the first day. I'm like, wait.
2: Is there an embedded microphone, too? Yes. Okay. So, see, I'd be covering that, too. We're watching
1: over here at the Ace of Spades. That's what
2: The Ace of Spades Lemmy (laughs) Sex Club. I can't do a Lemmy impersonation or I'd make a joke. Uh, Well, congratulations.
3: Well, thank you. It kind of scares me. It feels like a living thing. The
2: Mac? It is. Well, you know what? I'm part of you. As, like, like like a fungus of some kind or the zombie virus. And even though Tim and I have a friendly banter back and forth, sometimes pointedly, about Mac versus... uh, I will say, Apple makes fantastic products. They really do. Uh, All kidding aside, Steve Jobs is one of my true heroes, and Apple makes fantastic products. Uh, It's not to get sidetracked by this, because this sometimes will take us down a whole the road, but uh, we talk about books sometimes. I'm reading uh, the best book right now. It's actually by a Portland author. It's Starbucked by Taylor Clark. There was a big thing...
3: I've heard of it. I haven't... My friend Heather really likes that He
2: was a writer for the Willamette, and I think the Willamette actually did an excerpt. I I don't know if I'll get him on or not. It seems like a... I don't know how many people really care about it all that much. But it's a book about the rise of coffee culture in America, and the rise of Starbucks specifically. And the growth of Starbucks from literally like a single store in 1971, I think, to the behemoth that it is now. And, you know, and, and just turning coffee, which is you know, the five cent product into something you buy for four dollars. Uh and it really is a fantastic book. It is uh, in fact I am I bought it um Saturday uh Saturday night and I'm within about twenty pages of finishing it. it. it's fantastic. It's by Taylor Clark, so he's a Portland author. Uh so you support that's actually why I bought it instead of asking the publisher to send me one. Um is because I wanted to support a Portland author. It's called Starbucked um I forget what the subtitle is. I think it's, oh, it's a Starbucks, A Double Tall Tale of Caffeine, Commerce, and Culture. It is an unbelievably good book. Uh, so if you are interested in coffee or business or both or just how American consumer culture has changed over the last 20 years, I recommend it wholeheartedly. It is called Starbucks by Taylor Clark. Do try to read it.
1: I got a better Portland book and I'm reading it right now. It is the Portland Red Guide. What is that? This is Sites and Stories of Our Radical Past, All the Left Wingers. Oh, really? And Hippies and. Uh... Where did, oh, you, where did you get that? At the library. This, this sounds like a PSA just now.
2: That's a great book. Where did you get it? At the library. Turns toward the camera, tooth gleam.
1: So it talks about all these uh, radical organizations, and uh, where all this stuff happened. It has pictures, too, plenty yeah, of yeah, look at that. Of the, all these radical hippies going back to the uh, early 1900s. What, how, when does it come
2: up through? When it, it covers up all to what All the year? way
1: up to the 70s, I believe. Fantastic. Uh, when, no, all the way to the 80s. The Portland Red Guide? The Portland Red Guide. The Portland Red Guide. Okay, I'm totally going to read that. The Portland the, the Red Historical Guide. The Historical Guidebook of Social Dissent. The Portland Red Guide links local radicals, their organizations, and their activities to physical sites in the rural cities. So they show pictures and give addresses so you can go look. Oh, so,
2: you can also, so it's like also like, yeah, a, they have a
1: map. like a tour guide also. Yeah, they have a map.
2: Cool. See? That reminds That's like, oh, you can do that in New York where they'll give you, there's a thing in Greenwich Village called the Radical Walking Tour where they show you, like, the house where the Rosenbergs lived uh-huh. and all of that stuff. So this is kind of like that. Fantastic. The right they
1: did you know that there was once a Karl Marx Barbershop here? Really? At 2946 Northeast, would, and the guy's name was Karl Marx.
2: What would be the point of a Karl Marx Barbershop? That was his name. Do you just go in and give them $10 and they don't touch the beard? I guess so. I'm just going to sit here for a few minutes and ponder the exploitation of workers. Don't cut anything. Then I'm going to leave.
1: Yeah, then they show, you know, all these old buildings downtown, what used to go on there, like all these labor organizations and uh, hippies and used to meet there. So it gives addresses so you can... I like you, you love play. labor organizations in with hippies and freaks. Well, as a matter of fact, they were both one and the same at one point. And this place yeah, was yeah, full yeah, of commies. Yeah, at one point. They, they used to have uh, a Red Squad here, and the police department used to keep files on radicals. With their pictures. Not
2: on, I'm sure that doesn't happen now in any way. No. Yeah, we've moved beyond that.
1: we moved beyond that. They stopped doing that in the 1970s. So. According to this book. Speaking of
2: Portland's past, you also, you went to the G.I. Dream Museum exhibit. Yes, it was fantastic. It is at the Oregon History Museum. We don't have a vested interest in this. We're simply promoting it because it's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Oregon History Museum, it's called the G.I. Dream and it's an example of, a, it's an, uh, rather an exhibit of American consumer culture during and then immediately after World War II, the, mm-hmm. what we might now call the Mad Men era. Uh,
1: just fantastic, isn't it?
2: I love the
1: propaganda films, too. I never saw them before. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, the ones about the happy G.I.s going to Vanport. Yeah. We know that place is full of, like, troublemakers. Totally.
2: And, and just and
1: examples of the kind of
2: clothing and then the consumer goods that they sold to Americans after World War II and the keeping up with the Joneses that started and... Uh, you know, new car every year and a new blender every week. Heavy portable TVs. Abs- Dude, those TVs that are like furniture and you gotta my dad re- had one of those. reach inside for the knob, chunk You know, you get one of two exciting channels. I saw the toaster. Yeah, that scene. Now, did you say you had that same toaster? Yep. Well, those toasters lasted forever. Well, it was like a General Electric toaster. Yeah. I think, and it just, yeah, they, they built it. I mean, my mom must have purchased that in the 50s and we were still using that in like 1975. Oh, and then yeah. that toaster was built like a tank. Uh-huh. And there was, you know, and there was nothing fancy on it. There was, there was one dial. They didn't really do anything for for light to dark. And there was one big thing that you push down to, to to put the bread in.
1: That's it. So yeah, it's really fun that. stuff, is it? And uh, yeah, they they showed sweaters with airplanes knitted in them during World War Two. And all this stuff was locally made by the I think Jansen Beach Sportswear or something like. And that.
2: And you sort of think of that stuff as just being a recent development, like you think of a lot of like patriotic and flag clothing as just being a thing that is a, like a 9-11 era kind mm-hmm. of a thing, like a Toby Keith deal. But, you know, it was the same back then, even more so in some cases, uh, where everything you would wear would be like, you know, help help us fight the Krauts, you know, or whatever. And it would just be like, it, you know, or like, what is it? Jerry is always watching. And it would be like some, you know, some like slit-eyed German, like peering through a knothole at you, like, Jerry watches for loose lips or something. And, you know, it's all very, um, it's all very strange. Well, oh, speaking of that, I was
1: reading in this book also that uh, a Nazi ship came here in the 1930s. Really? people protested it. As a matter of fact, um, remember when KWJJ used to be in that mansion? Yes. The former Wilcox mansion? Yeah, the haunted one. Well, during the Second World War, because we made ships here for the Russians, for land lease, the Russians occupied that building. How bizarre. Yeah, it was called the uh, the Red Fort. So, so that, that was watched um, by the FBI. So the Portland Red Guide. Is the Point name of that book? Guide,
2: yeah, and then uh, yeah, the other book is a uh, Starbucks. Fantastic book. So this is good reading for uh, for the max. Uh, in as much as you in as much as you can really concentrate. It's a my quiet time when you're when you're busy. Correct, it, It's like protecting one of your arteries from being slashed by a razor wielding hoodlum. Mm-hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up?
7: Hey, I need to know the name
8: of that uh, Portland Street Kids book so I can have that bought for me for Christmas.
2: Uh, it's called All God's Children. That's it, All God's Children. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Was that the one about
1: oh. the gutter punks slashing people's throats?
2: Uh, and then setting them on fire, yes. Oh. Yeah, it's a big... It's they're a, harmless people. It's a big buzzkill. Yeah, they're misunderstood ways. Good stocking stuffer. Well, you know, that's... Uh, Joan and I have talked about this. You know, the, the problem with... Is that it, everybody sees... Um, my Own Private Idaho, and they all get this image in their head that that's what street Not like some, ex, some, some expert on street people, but I think you watch My Own Private Idaho, and you just sort of have this idea in your head that that's what they are. Like, oh,
1: they're all they're all tortured poets, you know, and then you realize... Keanu Reeves is sitting under the elk statue <laughs> next to the waterfall on that side street. <laughs> With his doe-like eyes, just
2: needing to be loved. And then you realize that street kids are just like anybody else. Few bright ones, whole lot of bastards. They're animals.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, they are, Tim. All right.
2: Oh Jesus! All right. And let me just. And one final note about the um, about the uh, the the GI Dream thing. It is, and this it is kind of weird actually, because and I don't I don't ever really because I don't I'm not into like I'm I'm not busting on people who are, but I'm not like into my cultural heritage and my whatever, like my family's you know ethnic background and whatever. It just doesn't. I just don't care. Uh not like I'm embarrassed by it or ashamed or I just don't care one way or the other. No, we just all leave home and become different people. That's it. That's exactly it. Uh and and I don't mean to sound like a jingoist when I say this, The but people who don't become
1: alcoholics. see, slash their own throats eventually. Just
2: like their relatives. You are just you. a ray of black sunshine today. Well, I'm telling the truth.
1: No, it's true. I,
2: I speaking for me, my own opinion. Uh I know some people most of them in my family, who put, like, an uncommon store in, like, their sort of cultural background. And I just sort of equate that with being a loser. Like, I just sort of, like, it's like if you don't have your own accomplishments, cling to what some guy 300 years ago did. You know, some guy in a box. Cling to his achievements. And, like, my dad was always, like, really freakishly fixated on our German history and he, you know, and my dad had all this, like, weird German crap around the house. And, like, my, I talked about this. My grandfather was, like, that dad in American Beauty. My grandfather had all this weird Nazi memorabilia, like, around the house. and, it, and even as, No, it, well, like, literally, like, my grandfather in his, uh, like, um uh they called it the gun room because that's where he, like, kept a lot of his guns, you know, not locked up, just hanging around. Um, But you go into my, my grandfather's gun room and they'd be like, look at this. It's a Nazi armband. And, like, even as, like, a nine-year-old, I remember looking at that and going, well that's not right. <laughs> that's just that's just weird. Um so I, so again it's not like I'm embarrassed by whatever. I just don't uh, I don't really care one way or the other about my background. The the culture that interests me is American culture and specifically American popular culture. Uh American pop culture kind of is my bailiwick. That's really the only I just don't really I don't want to sit and like read about what the kaiser did 300 years ago. I just don't care. Um but I will say this, walking through that G.I. Dream exhibit, when talking about, and, and especially walking through in London, walking through that exhibit on the Blitz. Oh, yeah. When they're like, bloodthirsty German Huns attacking, on you know, individual, Londoners and well, Germans who are the worst people on earth, bloodthirsty savages bent on rape and mutilation. And I'm thinking to myself, like, at that time... Like, many of my relatives, in fact, my grandparents, were still in Germany. So my grandparents were, in fact, the bloodthirsty German Huns. So I did feel just the slightest twinge of reflexive German guilt about the whole thing. Just a whole lot of, like, oh, sorry, you know? (laughs) Like, well it won't happen again. No, I, well, it probably will. No, not anymore. No. I'm just no, I'm not with them, but I mean, somebody like somebody will do it. There's always a new group of bloodthirsty bastards. But I did feel the Iranians. I, I, I did feel just a, the tiniest bit of like, uh, oh, oh boy, my they're terrible people. I'm sorry about that. Like I felt the need to call up some Londoners at random and go like, ah, I'm sorry, my grandparents were bloodthirsty Nazis. I uh, what can you do? You know, I'm just sort of a yeah, bygones. Uh, oh, we but, have then, to...
1: but then again, you know, they went back and served them dirty water soup after they were victorious <laughs> for like two or three years until <laughs> they get back on their Hope
2: feet. it with sticks. Yeah. Take a brief break here. We'll come back. Lisa Desjardins around the corner. Uh, more from Tim Riley. Stay there.'s the Rick Emerson Show. Good, you go. Says, Rick, the reason you don't care about your German heritage is because you don't drink. If you drank, you'd be doing the chicken dance with the rest of us at Oktoberfest. That's probably true. All right. Uh, Rick, this email says, about Richie. Scotty, who? All right. Well done. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill. Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello, Lisa.
9: Hi, guys. You know, that reminds me, I never got, I think I only got two. Richie facts. I completely dropped the ball. Oh, um, no, we well, have one for you today. got a
2: lot more now. Um, hey. Well, do, do I? Do I, Sarah? You tell me. Here's Rich, Richie. Fun fact. This will make it awkward for the rest of your life. Here's <laughs> Richie fact number three. Uh, Richie spent both Friday and Saturday nights as a patron of and participant at a local swingers club.
9: Oh, oh, really? Yes. Now was this, was this? he never went home between that time?
2: Uh, well, I think he would have stayed if he'd had the chance. I do believe he went uh, for a while on Friday, and then he went for a much longer period of time on Saturday.
9: It wasn't like 36 hours? In no,
2: it. he, uh, yes, there was some chafing involved. <laughs> uh, no, he went back on Saturday in, uh, with the accompaniment of two female friends of his. So it was a, uh, it's a long night for Richie.
9: Wow! There you
2: go. You didn't think that was going to be the fun fact, did you? I
9: definitely did not. Although Bordello did come to mind, but I guess this this is a whole different.
2: <laughs> you thought it was going to be something about like what flavor of Pop Tarts he enjoys.
9: I no. you know I was expecting that.
2: No, no, no. All right. Uh, how was your weekend? Were all all things I I
9: knew. good
2: yeah. and tidy and the uh, everything good and enjoyable in the Desjardins household? Big uh, big holiday plans happening.
9: It is, yeah, it's all kind of, it's all, we're at that point, I don't know who else out there is at this point, but very messy. Mom is, cause we're gonna go to his family for the weekend and then drive down to see my sister in Pennsylvania. Uh, but, you know, mom's here in DC and I said, Mom, we'll come get you and drive back. Oh no, it's such a long, I don't know. You know, mom is very, I'm not quite sure if mom, doesn't want to go to my sister's. Or it's very. We're in this sort of muddled. Because the truth is that uh, she doesn't. The kids, her, the kids. We only got one present as, a, as kids. Carolyn hated that, so she gives her her kids get tons of great stuff and not bugs, bugs our mom. So mom kind of doesn't even really like being there because she thinks. Uh, Kids are getting spoiled, so it's uh, weird. It's going to be a
2: fantastic Christmas then.
9: It it, it could be. I don't know. It's it, it could be.
2: Uh, all right. Well, I, I know that this probably uh, won't happen because uh, you know nothing. Th- 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 things like this happens too rarely for me. Um, but they did avert this uh, shutdown of the of the government. Correct?
9: For now, uh. I don't know. It's 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 hour by hour at this point. Last night, the House passed. The omnibus spending bill, which essentially covers the 11, uh, agencies or the 11 aspects of government that haven't been funded yet. 11 out of funded, funded, uh, funded yet. Um, they passed the House last night. It's a huge bill. It was supposed to pass the Senate maybe around now, but the truth is it's on the ropes. It's, it's hit a number of snags. And it's, it's, I could get into the, snags including, um, the alternative minimum tax, which is this tax that was meant for the wealthy and now is hitting the middle class because it was never adjusted for inflation. Uh, that could affect this. That they try, they're trying to avoid that tax increase next year, but uh, that's getting attached to this. The Iraq war spending is getting attached to this. All of this has to get done by Friday. It's becoming quite a mess, and it's just it's hour by hour now.
2: Uh, let's see. It just... The
9: Senate has to. I didn't say the Senate has to pass this, and that's why the Senate and the House can't quite get together at this point on all that.
2: Uh, Tim Riley has just handed this to me. Did you see the story from Reuters? This uh, business of Blackwater allegedly shooting the New York Times' dog.
9: No, I haven't seen that. We know CNN doesn't. We uh, use AP. I don't see. I don't, We don't get Reuters.
2: Uh apparently uh, staff at the newspaper's Baghdad bureau said that Black Dog uh, Blackwater Black Dog Blackwater bodyguards um uh, there, was a, there was some sort of a, I don't know there was some sort of miscommunication some sort of unpleasantness and the the dog that would belongs to the New York Times bureau there was then apparently shot by the Blackwater folks so oh. <laughs> that seems that seems like a thing you probably don't want in the news in association with your company Jesus.
9: No bo- kidding. Wow. Uh,
2: all right. What else has happened? Because I've been gone for a couple of days. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Um, the, I know we're a little off track here, but uh, real, real quickly, and then the, I apologize for being so under the gun with things today. Um,
9: You're great. No, You know, with uh, we've got the Huckabee. We're just getting news in about the Mike Huckabee Merry Christmas ad that is getting a lot of chatter. It, on the internet. What
2: is is that the one with the cross?
9: Well, that's the thing. He just sent out this response. I think actually he was interviewed. Let me see where this interview was just a few minutes ago saying that he he thinks that whole thing is ridiculous. He says that the ad was actually an ad lib that there was no script. Oh, he was shooting a bunch of commercials.
2: Nothing and, on television happens by accident.
9: And it, it, he said it was a bunch of commercials and someone said, "Hey, let's do a Christmas ad while we're here. Look at the camera. Say what you want about Christmas. Uh-huh. Here's how much time you have. Go." Uh, and he says that was it. And here's his quote about the, the bookshelf. He says that's one of the most amazing thing, he, amazing things he's ever heard. Uh, you know, listeners, I don't know if you talked about this, there's a, a white bookshelf behind him that is lit so that the vertical and the horizontal really are showing please not no, the pl- edges around them. Please. It looks like a cross.
2: I have worked on independent films for which the budget was $9. <laughs> Nothing on film happens by accident uh, ever, you know, ever, uh, uh, ever, 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 ever.
9: I think this – I think you are, first of all, over – I think Mike Huckabee at the time this was shot probably had about a $7 budget, though though now it's, you know, millions. But, you know, I think you're – I think you're – I'm kind of buying this. I may, Usually I'm skeptical about this kind of thing, but... Look, I don't
2: care. It doesn't matter to me. It's a political uh, message, political right. ad. Do whatever you want. But, right. You know, this idea that, well, that he's, you know, that he's a GOP candidate and he somehow for his Christmas message was oblivious to the fact that there's a big looming cross yeah, in the background, which yeah, anybody yeah. with a pair of eyes would see. It, I know. As the British courts would say, th- that is a transparent
9: falsehood. <laughs> well, his quote, the one point he gets on all of this, as he's responding, again, this was just uh, about a half hour ago, he said, uh, "I have to confess. If you play that spot backwards, mm-hmm. it says Paul is dead."
2: Paul? <laughs> okay, that's funny.
9: So he he does earn a point for that. That's
2: funny. Uh, and I guess Ron Paul, Tim, did you say that Ron Paul has a
1: response up? Yeah, this is uh, from Fox. If you want to listen to this, well, just... I'm just curious what you think. And
6: being with our family. Well, <clears throat> I haven't thought about it I completely, hope was... but you know, it reminds
1: me of what Sinclair. Uh, uh Lewis once said, he says, when fascism comes to this country, it will be wrapped in the flag, carrying a cross. And I don't know whether that's a
2: fair assessment or not. <laughs> you wonder... Uh, there's the crazy Ron Paul. That's
9: also, that's also a great technique that people love to do in in politics. Like, you know, I don't really have anything to say about it, but it reminds me Hi. of when Satan was talking. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. Pull
9: out some quote, you know, like someone it reminds me of this. Uh, someone that that's accused fantastic. him of being a Nazi. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I'm not saying that, but I just <laughs> I heard that.
2: That's wonderful. Well, I can't top that. So we'll go out on that. I apologize for the sort of a miscue, you know, the, the rescheduling today. It's been a bit of a day.
9: It it's all good sounds, geez, and if not, if not a weekend, weekend and a half.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, so, are you on tomorrow? Yes. Okay, we okay. will. We will speak with you then. I got lots to talk about, so we'll talk to you uh, then. Until then, you have a fantastic day, Lisa. Excellent, you guys. There do. you go, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. God, she really come on. How great is she? That's wonderful. She's greater than great. She really is, with a capital G. Uh, let's get a couple of these. We'll resume the news here. Hi, um, Michael. Michelle. Hi. It's
10: Michael. Hello. <laughs> Hey Rick. Hey. Hey Tim. Hey. Jim. Uh, I was just
8: calling. Last night I was watching the History Channel. Uh
2: huh.
8: And I didn't know if you've seen this, but they have a, a series called History Rocks.
2: Uh, I saw it uh, listed. Last night was the '80s, right? Yeah. and then yeah, Followed up
10: by it. the two-part series hosted by Meatloaf for the '70s. No, I I uh,
2: I've watched History Rocks one episode of that. I think I watched the '70s one. I think that's the only one I've seen. I, I didn't know if you'd seen it. I like, I gotta call Yeah, it's, pr- it's it's pretty great actually. I've seen one installment of that. The thing about cable is. Cable it really is like a virtual candy store at this point. There's just so much c- good crap on. Good crap. There's so much stuff on all the time that really doesn't make you any smarter or better, but it's just fun to watch, and you really just are overwhelmed by the amount of choices on television these days, and that show is a perfect example of that. Because every time you're watching that, you're like, God, do I watch this or do I watch the Mythbusters where they try to blow up the shark like in Jaws? You know, it's just, it really is taxing sometimes.
11: It is.
10: All right. Thank you, yes, sir. And also, can I say one yes. other thing?
11: Uh-huh. Richie's a pimp.
2: He told me to say that. Did he really?
11: Yes, he did. Oh please,
2: thank you, Rich, oh, You can't. Kind of I can hear him laughing down the hall. <laughs> Rich, you can't instruct callers to call you a pimp on the air. That deflates the pimpitude. Here's Tim Good Riley.
3: Pimpitude.
2: I'm just saying. Is there such a word? No. That's that's as Norman Mailer would say it. There was pimpitude uh, a plenty. I can't really do Norman Mailer. All I all I can do is sort of like make my my voice all gravelly.
6: So.
1: Now many local movie theaters are insisting their butter-flavored popcorn is safe. Uh-huh. Dietitian Carolyn O'Neill said there have been some concerns for a while. They
9: really surround a naturally occurring flavoring called diacetyl. Now, diacetyl uh, is a butter flavoring, and it is found in butter. thousands of foods and beverages, including butter, uh, coffee, and even some fruits and vegetables, and some uh, microwave popcorns.
2: I'm shocked at what I'm hearing. I don't understand what you're saying. They weren't listening. I don't either. No, I
3: listened. I, just, I listened, uh, too.
2: But I don't understand. Is it like an additive? Yes. It'll give you cancer. Oh. Oh,
3: I didn't hear that. So did I you, you
2: have any of that in Utah? <laughs> <laughs> Some cancer? Yes. Um. Uh, so it's an additive that they just stick into everything I eat. Yeah, and basically. It's, anything, anything you like. It's gonna anything kill me. that tastes good. The uh, it, well, I'm as an American though, don't you just reflexively believe that everything you enjoy is bad for you? Mm-hmm. That's the thing in America, especially around Christmas. Yeah, right? I like this. Well, it's going to kill you. It's a holiday they killed you. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. I mean, I just I'm sort of zen with it though. What are you going to do? Time of the Joy of Christmas. Oh, fantastic. Here's uh, Rick Emerson's Joy of Christmas uh for Tuesday in the room. Christmas.
3: Did you put screaming in that? Yes, yes
1: I did. Because that's the way it has to be. Dateline, Rio de Janeiro, that's in Brazil. Not even Santa Claus is safe in this violent Brazilian city as they celebrate the Christmas season. Drug traffickers in the Rio slum opened fire at a helicopter carrying Santa Claus to a children's party. Apparently mistaking it for a police helicopter. They thought it was a police operation and started shooting. Luckily, Santa was not hurt. The helicopter returned to its base. Two bullet holes were found in its fuselage. The pilot uh, contracted to uh, take uh, Santa Claus to a party in a slum. Was flying over <laughs> the neighborhood the neighborhood shanty Town. party in a slum. <laughs> when somebody say opened, no to that? When somebody opened fire on Santa Claus. <laughs> are you kidding me? Rio de Janeiro has 700 plus slums and growing every day. They're controlled by drug traffickers and are not regularly patrolled by police who instead go to the slums in military-style raids, often using helicopters and armored vehicles. Really? Yes. This reminds me a lot of that Futurama,
2: you know, the, the evil robot, Ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, ho, where it's like, Santa in a sled with a rocket launcher. Let's go to a party in a slum. By the way, Santa's going to be peppered
1: with small arms fire on the way, so there's that. Jesus. All right. Part two. Danbury, Connecticut. Santa Claus says a woman who sat on his lap was naughty and not nice. The center at the Danbury Fair Mall said the woman groped him. A security officer at the mall said Santa Claus had been sexually assaulted. Uh, Sandrama Lamy was charged with sexual assault and breach of peace. Uh, police quickly found and identified Lamy because the woman was described as being on crutches. <laughs> so, okay. Police did not, did not uh, uh, talk very much about Santa. They do say he is 65 and felt badly because children waiting 65 to, with a were, white waiting, beard. were waiting to see him while he was being molested. <laughs> Who apparently were shocked and embarrassed. So, what kind of molesting? I, it would. Was she looking for it something it, it, in his sack? It said, quote, I had some nice lady sit on my lap. Uh, let's see. Once in a while they say, oh, I hope Mrs. Claus isn't going to be upset. You have to be discreet and kind of say, oh, no, she'll be okay. You can sit here but only for one photo. (laughs) (laughs) Richie plays Santa. Jesus. What the hell is wrong with this world?
4: It
2: makes you wonder, actually, if there is, like like Lauren Graham and Bad Santa, if there are women who have a weird... No, I don't mind a little molestation, but only for one picture, please.
0: <laughs> we have a one-picture limit for any molestation. Ho, 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 ho. Mrs. Claus and I have an understanding. Ho, 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 ho. Santa Claus is...
1: Oh, I'm not even going to say it. I don't so, Richard, you know about... what kind of suit you have to go out and rent? <laughs> That's the joy of Christmas. We wish you Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We
2: wish
4: you a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.
2: There's so many jokes just begging to be made, but I just, I just don't know if they're appropriate. They're almost certainly not. All right. Really? A one-photo limit for all molestations, please? All right. Boy, you know, can I date the most low-rent Santa in Utah? Uh... We walked to the mall, and that's how boring it is, you know. Let's escape this. Let's go to the mall and buy a pretzel. So we're walking around the Orem Mall, and there's a Santa there. I wish I could find a. I can probably find a picture of him. He's the the worst, most ghetto Santa. He's No hat and no red clothing. I swear to you, he was a Santa in, like, a union suit. He was a Santa. He had a beard, Mm -hmm. no glasses, no hat, not wearing a red suit. He was a guy with a beard, and I swear to you, like, Footy, pajamas, and suspenders. Are you sure that was Santa? They, they were like, come see Santa! And they had his photo was on, like, the Santa sign. Get your picture taken with this guy who looks like the frugal gourmet. It was like a guy in blue pajamas and suspenders. No hat, no, you know, no no glasses, no Santa suit. This was supposed to be Santa. I mean, just, I don't even understand. What, what a sad life that must be for those children. Get your picture taken with some guy. It's like having your picture taken with Wilfred Brimley, basically. Jesus. All right. Um, I didn't see any. Uh, I didn't see any molestation, though. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? I'm fine.
10: Hey, you know, I don't see anything wrong with tempitude. I uh, I think it's a very crumulent
2: word. <laughs> well done. Ec- further win. Excellent reference, sir. Thank you, my Thank friend. You. That's uh, the that's best call of the day, right there. <laughs> Excellent. Um. All right. Uh, so there you go.
1: Donnie Marie, can we make their way back to television? On the heels of their recent association from Dancing with the On Stars. On the heels. Mm-hmm. Uh, sources have indicated there's been interest in the Osmond siblings, who starred together in the popular 70s variety series Donnie and Marie, and the late 90s uh, daytime talker Donnie and Marie. The show evolves around hosting duties for unscripted series in prime time and syndicated talk shows in the daytime. Barry Osmond came in third in her recent Dancing with the Stars while Donnie served as a special dancing correspondent for Entertainment Tonight. This after the duo's announcement that they'll perform together for a week in July in Vegas at the MGM Grand Hollywood Theater. Really? A mm-hmm. hotbed of sin? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they performed in Vegas since they were kids, I believe. I think so. Uh, the seven performing Osmonds are set to celebrate their 50th anniversary in entertainment for a reunion tour next year in the UK. Which they're more popular than ever, therefore. They're
2: huge. They sold out Wembley Stadium in like nine minutes, and that was a month ago. That wasn't like 20 years ago. A month ago, they sold out Wembley Stadium in less than 10 minutes. Did you see them on uh, Oprah when they had all of the Osmonds on there? I saw them on Larry King. Like 103 Osmonds, I think there were. Wow. Uh, oh, my. Really? It was right after the, uh, the patriarch, uh, Earl Osmond, I think his name is, or George. I think he died. Uh, and so they were all on there to sort of talk about the Osmonds family and legacy, and they had all the Osmonds there, down to like the newest, the, the littlest Osmonds. And there was 103, I think, is how many there were. And I'm telling uh, Sarah this, I mean, not to keep going on about Utah, but I mean, you, you just you get off the plane, you walk into the Salt Lake City airport, and immediately it's just the shrieking of babies everywhere. I mean, every
3: it's kind of like me being in Bremerton. Exactly.
2: Every woman you would, because it is the most child to have. It's the most, uh, uh, you know, the birth rate is the higher in you know, Utah County than anywhere else in the country. And you, you go there, and it's just I mean, every woman you see is pregnant with a toddler and two other kids. And I mean, that's just the way it is. And every store and every billboard is for either. And it sounds like I'm making it like a joke, but I'm not. Everything you see there is for missionary training supplies, you know, to get kids ready for their mission, or for like new families. Like everywhere you go, there's like a jimboree and like furniture, like, like you know, furnish your new home. Um, there are these places that are sort of dubbed Mormon plexes. There's stuff that I would talk about, and the thing is, were it not for me telling you up front that I'm not kidding, you'd think I was like a stand-up comic doing a joke. Uh, we went to a Barnes and Noble because it was one of the only places that had a coffee shop in it, and I needed some coffee, so we go to the Barnes and Noble, and um, we were right across from a place called, God, what is it called? Missionary Mall, I think, is the name of the place, and it is like everything you need to be a missionary, because you got, you know, you gotta get like, clothing and you. You know, this thing called a quad, which is all of the Mormon books that you kind of carry at once with you and just, you know, just everything you could possibly need on your trip to like Belize to spread the word of God on the roof of the building. You know how like you go by a used car a lot sometimes? And there's like a giant like bunny, like a huge inflatable, you know, what's this? Well, it's a huge inflatable lizard waving at people, telling mm-hmm. them to come in and check out. on top of the missionary mall. is a gigantic inflatable. I would guess probably 30 feet high, a huge inflatable missionary like waving. He's like got a Book of Mormon in one hand, you know the black awesome. the, the black and
3: the Mor- white tie. Mormon culture just fascinates
2: yeah. me. It's a huge inflatable white man dressed as a missionary, like going, swaying back and forth in the breeze, waving at you.
3: By the way, you were so right about Mormon women. Um, I, I went to a blazer game balls. this Friday with um with Chris with yeah. with Raoul Chris saying guy. Anyway, so we went there and his parents happened to be there and his pa- he, he has a Mormon family. Right. I met his mom for the first time. Good Lord, she is one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen. She looked like she was in her mid-30s. Yeah. She was, like, flawless skin, and her his dad's, like, really you know, attractive, yeah, well too. well put
2: together. They yeah. all have perfect teeth. They do, and you know what? His they, sisters they, they, are all gorgeous. They wash up well. They know how to keep... No, and I'm, I'm not making a joke. It's like, yeah, I think it is, like, the clean living and the, the whatever, and the... It's it's weird. I bet they never
1: used a to towel twice. Probably not. They, they,
2: they, they, Mormons are freakishly attractive and clean. Good um, for them. Yeah, so the huge... I wouldn't in- mind having them in my home. No, you know what? <laughs> really? are my kind of people. Okay. I like clean people. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, huge inflatable missionary. And then it, we'll get back to the news here in a second. We go to the, the Mormon multiplex. I did buy a few decorations for the studio while I was there. Um, and there is this... We go into this Mormon store, and I can't remember the name of it. But they specialize in just... You know, it's like a Christian bookstore, but it's a Mormon bookstore. Not Deseret Book, but a place like that. And we walk into this Mormon bookstore, and the weird thing about it is the, the store is divided in half. There's a set of glass doors dividing the store. Half of it is like Bibles, Book of Mormon, inspirational posters, pictures of Gordon Hinckley, who's the prophet of the church, you know, rings. They they sell these things, CTR rings, and it, it's, a, it's just a ring that says CTR, which stands for Choose the Right, which is like their slogan, and uh, whatever. And then there's a big set of glass double doors, and there's sort of a guy who just sort of really politely stands on the other side, and there's a little sign. It, that unless ye have a temple recommend, which is like a membership card that gets you into the temple, you cannot go into the other half of the store because it's where they sell garments. That's where they sell temple garments for, like, temple cer- cer- like ceremonies. It's just not allowed. Yeah, so imagine, like, going into, like, a Sears, you know, or something. Or imagine going to like, a Gap, but there was, like, half of the Gap that you couldn't go into unless you'd, like, been a baptized Catholic. That's basically what it is. There's a whole section of the store that you may not go into. Like, Lara couldn't go in because she doesn't have a temple recommend. Uh, So we couldn't go into this. And so, of course, I just wanted to go in. Like, I was just really, really wanted to go to the other side of the store to try on temple garments. So, but was not allowed to. Here's Tim Riley. I'll try to get a photo of the inflatable missionary. He's hilarious. All right.
1: So do they have them inside those houses that the kids jump inside of, like at a McDonald's?
2: Jump inside the inflatable missionary. (laughs) No. No, but, man, just... And billboards for movies that no one outside of Salt Lake has ever heard of. The big movie in uh, in uh, Provo right now is called Return with Honor, which is about a returned missionary, uh, or RM as they say. And um, just everywhere you go, or like you know, Pride and Glory, the Joseph Smith story, you know, and it's whatever. And it's just all uh, these huge blockbuster films, but they're only blockbusters in Utah. They don't play anywhere else. So uh, it's it really is. They it's like their own cottage industry, man. They are a self-contained world. All right, here's Tim Riley.
1: Meanwhile, uh, state officials in of Massachusetts are investigating complaints that at least two teenagers were given electric shock treatments at a residential center for people with special needs because somebody phoned in the fake orders to give them to them. Really? Mm-hmm. It shows that a former student at an education center called in the orders. That's all it takes? Mm-hmm. There's an ongoing criminal investigation. We're working closely with investigators.
2: So in between calling up and asking for huge ass and asking if they have Prince Albert in a can, you go, and by the way, could you give that guy a shock treatment? Thanks. And then just hang up and they do it? Yes. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah, Note yourself for a lax Friday night. And why shouldn't they? Oh, of course not. So that's that. Okay. Uh, the complaints have been referred to the state police. The school treats people for a wide variety of behavioral problems.
2: What if they, what if they treat you for being
1: tased repeatedly? Uh, let's see. Uh, the call came from someone claiming to be on the staff of Dr. Matthew Israel, a psychologist who founded the school. Uh, the school has submitted a, correction action, a corrective action plan. So it'll go into review to see what they can do about that. Uh, Two of Hollywood's most glamorous events are now caught up in the industry's ugliest labor dispute in two decades. The Writers Guild will not allow its members to write for the Golden Globe Awards on January 13th, nor the Academy Awards February 22nd. So there.
2: In your face,
1: whoever. The Guild made a similar move before the 1988 Oscars when writers walked out of the studio.
2: Now, but this isn't going to stop the award shows from happening, is it? No. It's just... There'll be no lame so jokes. So who's going to write them? I was just going to say. So we're just going to. So we won't get the normal gripping, really fantastically written and presented uh, Academy Award show that we're we're used to. Mm-mm. All right. So it's just going to be written by uh, scabs. Yes. All right. And I'll use that word. Apparently, the people won't use that word for some reason. I like that word. I do like the word scab. It's very evocative. Mm-hmm. So doesn't matter. You know, be a scab. Don't be a scab. It's your own choice. I'm just saying that that's the word. So it'll be it'll be written by 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 uh, picket line crossers.
1: Yes, all right. About 3,000 specialized brand bicycle helmets are being called because they're not safe. The Consumer Product Safety Commission said Chinese-made helmets fail to meet (laughs) safety testing standards and put users of injury risk. This is how the communists get even with us. The recall involves the helmet model 2D, which is probably all of them anyway. The men's and women's helmets were sold at retailers nationwide as well as online. Consumers should return the helmets to their place of purchase for a replacement helmet also made in China.
2: We should all just have a mass return where we all take a boat to
1: China to return all of our things. <laughs>
2: just stand at the
1: edge of it. The- Hello China, we're here to return all of
2: Have you seen those ads Play School is running? No. Boy, Play School's taking the they're not man, they're not missing a trick at sticking it to Mattel. Play school, this ad is all over Salt Lake because there's so many kids there. And it's a really friendly, like fresh faced woman who comes on. We would like you to know that play school products are not affected by the many recent recalls, you know, affecting Mattel. PlaySchool products will not kill your child, unlike those from Mattel. PlaySchool is really safe. Mattel will kill your children, whatever it is. Just, you're just sitting there just going on and on about it. Boy, they are just – it's like all of those companies in the wake of the Tylenol thing just could not wait to try to put a boot in on Johnson & Johnson. Um, all right, well, let's take this call. Hello. Hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. It's uh.
8: My name is Kyle. I think I'm the – only lone uh, LDS Mormon uh, listener to your show. You
2: are the, would you describe yourself as, as, as uh, you now you are an active Mormon?
8: I am. I All go right. to church uh, every week. Excellent. And I also, you lived in Utah County for a while. I know the Missionary Emporium is what you're talking about. Is that about.
2: what I'm talking about, the big inflatable missionary guy on top? It's fantastic. Yeah, right I wish I'd on, taken a photo of it.
8: Right across from University Mall. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep, uh, it's, a, it's a great place. It's a, it's a very... Uh, the
10: microcosm
8: of please, that.
2: and please, by the way, don't be offended when I tell you this. If we'd had more time that day, we were late for dinner. if we'd had more time, we were going to go to this place down the street called Sister Missionary. I was just going to go in there to scope out the hot Mormon girls because there's nobody hotter than uh, than a female Mormon missionary. I mean really, it's just un- they're unbelievably hot, and so I didn't have a time to duck into there, but uh, there was this or just called Sister Missionary, it was right across from the Mormon uh, the missionary Emporium, yeah.
8: Uh, well I think you only know the Temple Square missionary uh sister missionaries. Yes. Uh, the ones who actually go out. I don't know how they do it. They they usually keep the uh the better looking ones at Temple Square
2: at home to
6: breed.
8: <laughs> well no, uh to draw in more crowds I think. Can I, that
2: must be true. Get I'll tell you this. The the first time I toured Temple Square, which is of course, you know that is the Mormon temple, which is the at the geographic heart of Salt Lake, and all the streets are numbered, starting with Temple Square. Um, the fir- and I still remember her name. The first is so creepy sounding. The first time I went to Temple Square, uh, there was a French missionary. Her name was Sister Tabaret with an X. And just hot as balls. And I know it's wrong to say that about a woman who is serving in the army of God. But, boy, she was hot. And uh, you're right. They must take all the really top-tier Mormon uh, missionaries, look-wise, and put them at Temple Square. You probably are correct. And then they send the ugly ones to Peru.
8: Or California.
1: <laughs> yes. Excellent. Hey, great
8: show. Thanks All right. Thank
1: you, sir. Choose the right. All right we have this announcement from the Mormons. Listen up.
9: You wouldn't consider dancing with me, would you? I'd consider it. Then I'd say no. I'm not much of a dancer, for but... now You know, I wouldn't blame you if you said no. Would you like to no. dance with
0: If you don't succeed, you're pretty normal. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
3: Uh, okay. I don't get it.
1: There are a bunch of kids dancing, and this uh, this uh, young kid's getting rejected by all the females. It's a positive method message to youth.
3: Oh, how they should go out and convert everybody to Mormonism? Well, I
2: don't think so. I think it's a, if you can't find anybody to breed with, keep looking, because Jesus wants you to
1: reproduce.
3: Don't Mormons go, like, door-to-door, don't they have that mission thing?
1: Yeah, well, you don't have to. They pedal around on these old-time European bicycles that you don't see anyplace else. I hadn't really
2: really thought about, well, Tim, at the
1: Missionary Emporium,
2: where the big inflatable missionary, well, I don't know, maybe. No, you're probably right, though, Sarah, that probably is a thing to train you to deal with rejection, which missionaries get all the time. Exactly,
3: you know, from go-to-door-door. Hello,
2: I'm here to tell you about the get-out. You know, that's, you know, so that's, did I ever tell you about the time that, was that on this show, this version, when Clyde came on the air and did his whole missionary spiel? Because Clyde was amazing. No, it
1: was, the, it was the old
2: one. Yeah, where he came on and I, I saw per-
3: Clyde last night. Really?
2: Mm-hmm. How was Clyde doing?
3: He's great and um, excellent. And we talked about having how, um, how he should come back on the show.
2: Excellent. Yeah. And when we at some point we should have him also redo the Mormon spiel, where you I pretend to be the guide. He goes, "Hello, I'd like to talk to you about another church of another of Jesus Christ." I've never seen it. Yeah, they start with this like loaded sentence. Did you know that Jesus Christ came to North America? And you say, "No, I didn't know that." Let me tell you more about it. Bam! And then they're in your front room. Uh, eating case. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Uh, Long
7: time listener, man. Just Hello. had to chime in about yes. the whole Mormon missionary, sister missionary thing. Yes, sir. I was an excommunicated Mormon, so I do have a little bit of firsthand information here.
2: And some bitterness, I would imagine.
7: Oh, no. I, I Those people in fine regard, they're not those bad people. people. They mean
2: well. <laughs> they mean well, well. They're good dancers.
7: Well, you know, they're okay. They're not bad people in general. I will okay. say that. I don't, I don't bag many, on anybody for how they believe. Are anyway, many
2: of your best friends Mormon?
7: No, man, not even like that. <laughs> They're okay. a very quickish lot, unlike right. uh, other people, but yeah. at any rate. All
2: right, what's up? Yes.
7: The deal with the sister missionaries is they go to BYU or Rick's College out in Idaho, and, yeah. you know, Mormon land, and if they don't get what they call their MRS degree,
2: yes.
10: you
7: figure that out, then they go on a mission, <clears throat>, hoping that in that time from 21 to 23 that they'll ripen and become appealing to men.
2: That is true, actually. That is, is, yes. That does sort of sync with what Lara has told me. And again, I don't pretend to be an expert um but i you know was steeped in the culture for a while and you know my wife and the hey hey and the whatnot uh that is true actually that if you're really really hot you just get married and start reproducing right out of the gate
7: yeah 18 um, 19 years old you're yeah. making babies
2: a lot of times if you do meet uh women who went on a mormon mission sometimes they are uh sweet spirits as they say yes. in utah oh uh,
7: yes humble and sweet
2: spirits yep. indeed yes they're beautiful inside all
7: right so. and that's just my insight for the day Thanks, thank Rick. you
2: and i'm out all right there you go here's tim riley at the ministry of truth
1: Well, if you go to Seattle, you may remember the Crocodile Cafe. It was a hot spot for music since 1991. It has closed its doors. Among those who have performed there are Beck, the Ventures, the Indigo Girls, Death Cab for Cutie, the Presidents of the United States, the Beastie Boys, Dinosaur Jr., Michael Stripe, R.E.M., Yoko Ono, and Sleater-Kinney. So apparently it closed out. It was big there for summer. Then we have uh, Peter Jackson will produce The Hobbit. Is this a Geek Watch?
2: I guess it is. Yeah. Fantastic. Here's your Geek Watch for Tuesday on the Rick Mercer
0: Radio. Already... This high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar dilemma, I remember, you used to just a television show. That's all, okay? Mm-hmm.
5: Right, but because
0: we
6: were wondering if the quantum flux, you and know, just listen there, on there.
5: There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit.
0: You got it? Better Here's Tim Riley with your Geek
1: Watch. Peter Jackson and New Line Cinema have reached agreement to make J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. Yeah! A planned prequel to the blockbuster trilogy in <laughs> The Lord of the Rings. Jackson, who directed the Rings trilogy, will serve as executive producer for The Hobbit. The director for the prequel films has yet to be named. Relations between Jackson and New Line had soured after Rings. Despite a collective nationwide box office gross of nearly... billion in enormous success. The two sides, nevertheless, are able to reconcile with MGM splitting The Hobbit 50-50. I'm pleased we're able to put our differences behind us so we may get a new chapter with our new friends at New Line. So wait, so does he
2: say Jackson is writing or directing or both? He's producing. He's producing, but no... So, you know, this is the opening of Raleigh, because initially he said he wouldn't be involved at all. Mm -hmm. Now he's saying he'll produce. This is totally a negotiating tactic. He's just waiting for more money... To allow him and Fran Walsh and uh, Philip Boynes to write it, and then he'll direct it. This is clearly he's putting his toe in the water, but he's going to ask for money, more money before he'll helm it.
1: So two Hobbitses are scheduled to be shot simultaneously, similar to how the three Lord of the Rings films are made. Production is set to begin 2009 with a player release date of 2010, and the sequel uh, scheduled for 2011. New Line Cinema is owned by Time Warner, what which also got in its pocket. All right, fantastic. Sure and it. Sony and Comcast—they remind the owners of MGM. Who knew? Comcast owns part of MGM. How is that possible? Does I that don't mean know. the movies. Never mind. Never mind. No. Never
2: mind. I almost said something snarky. Never mind. Uh, hey, uh, but before we close this, look at this. Here's the inflatable missionary. Oh, it's
4: genius. Now, see, Look that's, at those the, eyebrows. that's the
2: company. You can rent him for $25 a day, that missionary. That's the inflatable missionary who's on top of the missionary. Well, Emporia. you know
3: that we're going to have to rent him and put him out in the parking lot. <gasps> for box. a
2: listener party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're on a mission to rock. Uh, so there you go. That's the gigantic um, the gigantic inflatable missionary. I'll put that on my website later. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. There's your geek watch. That's the geek watch.
6: By star's Hammer. By the Sons of War Van. I shall avenge you.
0: Next. Ooh. Loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. All
2: right, here is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth.
1: Amy Winehouse may not be going to rehab, but she's dealing with a law. The Sky News says the British singer was arrested early today in connection with her husband's recent arrest. Winehouse posted bail and was released within hours. Scotland Yard said the singer was due to appear at a London police station again in March. Her husband, Blake Fielder Civil, is still in jail following his arrest in November. He was an accomplice, and he was accused of perverting the course of justice. Really? That's the British equivalent of obstruction of justice. Oh, that has a much better title, though. It's like a, a pedophile.
2: It's like a thing I would almost... A pedophile or a <laughs> That's like a thing that I... That's like a thing that I, mean, I would yeah, I'm almost... I'm
3: glad you said that because you said pedophile and I laughed. It's like, it's no, not funny. Pedophile?
2: Ha-ha! <laughs> Oh, you know, you I don't haven't? I don't think I keep it on my. I have to change this. Let's see. It's like being a what, Tim? A pedophile.
4: I've had worse press than a pedophile or a murderer, and I've done
2: nothing
3: but charity for 20
2: years. I love her. She's fantastic. Me, too. All right. You have go. you
3: seen
1: all of her naked pictures? No.
2: no. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. The one she's all greased up? Mm, yeah, no, I've tons seen them. of them. Yeah, I've seen the greased up photos. So
1: that's that. After four losses in races in the state wine office in recent years. Republicans are looking for people to run for statewide office. Apparently nobody wants to be a Republican anymore and run for anything here in Oregon. Uh, they think the party is still reeling from their 2006 losses, says former state representative Jeff Croft. Most people in our parties just believe in Sanapolis people climb this electoral season. We don't see a lot of enthusiasm out there for Republicans. Well, seriously, why? It's just like walking into a propeller at this point. Uh, let's see, uh... uh... Boston, uh, not Bob, Portland uh, radio icon uh, Bob Miller is recovering from injuries and separated a crash. Uh, the old-timer was riding his motor scooter to a store near oh his home. Oh,
2: God, please tell me he was riding a rascal.
1: It doesn't say. When a car stopped suddenly in front of him at an intersection, he has uh, cracked ribs, a punctured lung, and a badly escaped arm and more abrasions in his forehead.
2: He's not going to die.
1: No, he has internal injuries, too. Oh. He swore to lost control of his scooter and scooter sure. fell on its side, dragging him 30 feet on the pavement. Ouch. Uh, he's glad uh-huh. he's wearing a helmet, though. So even though it may have been a Chinese helmet, we showed signs of contact with the pavement. So I'm
2: unclear about this. Can we make fun or not? Go
3: ahead. Wait. So was he? What kind of scooter is it? Is it he a rascal? Say,
1: well, he's a man
3: so of
2: size, like a, isn't he?
1: Yes, yeah, he's considerable girth. So it wasn't like a moped. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're when you're when you're paid five hundred thousand dollars to deliver one listener, uh, <laughs> you have a lot of extra money to uh,
4: spend on things that.
1: Many of us in the business can't even think of purchasing. It really is true. I can't even fathom the selling spots for five bucks. I
2: a dollar a holler, as they used to say. Um, I, I cannot even fathom the ratio of, like, what they pay him to number of listeners, as you said. I mean, really, honestly, because they pay him. It's not a secret. I'm not telling tales out of school. They pay him an obscene amount of money. In the hundreds of thousands. I mean, really, for a station that has no one listening to it, and I'm not trying to brag, I'm really not, but I mean...
1: It's more money than we've paid all our time here in the past 10 years. I mean, that station that, that station appeals to people
2: who simply are unable physically to change the dial. I mean, it really is just to Somebody people, had to find it for them. People who have suffered spinal injuries and the stick in their teeth isn't long enough to nudge the dial over to, like, our station... So that's who listens to Bob Miller, and yet he is paid—he's paid more than the, the gross national product of some small countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it's, I mean, to get—we, I, I mean, God love him. Don't get me wrong; I'm not begrudging him. It is an American cap—we are a capitalist society. Someday he's going to make a comeback. He's yeah. He is paid exactly what the market will bear, and that's fine. God bless him. But I mean, that's like throwing money into a furnace. I can't even—I don't know what they were thinking. And I again, no, I'm it's not the same thing as all the newspapers. I'm. <laughs> I'm not trying. But that's one guy. I mean, I can't. I just don't understand how that spreadsheet must have looked when they decided to pay I him. wish
1: we had their accountants.
2: Yeah, uh, really, honestly. So, well, anyway. we so, in Fat City. As opposed to just being fat. Mm-hmm. So Bob Miller, who is the latter, uh, so he was riding a scooter. Fat man can't he ride a scooter. He looked like one of those twins in the Guinness Book of World Records. I don't see any pictures of Fat anywhere. man can't ride a scooter. He He was. It would just disappear up your up your alimentary canal. I mean, how? I demand for someone to call up and tell me if they know. I'm now asking for someone who listens to Bob Miller, which is kind of a fool's errand. But if anybody out there listens to Bob Miller, even like accidentally, uh, which seems like about half his audience probably, l- please let me know what kind of scooter Bob Miller quote rides. That has got to be a rascal. That's got to be code for a rascal. A regular scooter couldn't drag a fat man thirty feet. I'm not trying to bust on him. He's a large, He's a person of size. Mm-hmm. A regular little scooter, like a Vespa, that is not dragging a fat man 30 feet down the road. When you consider the friction against the pavement, there's no way.
3: I think they're stronger than you think. Fat people? <laughs> no. That's and good. the mad.
2: They have strength. <laughs> uh, it, there's just no way. I can't. Do you, do you, you don't own a scooter, do you? You've talked about it, but you don't own yeah, one.
3: Yeah, no, I don't own one.
2: Well, somebody will know. Some mechanic will know. That seems to be a very trendy thing to have. I, it does not seem like a scooter would oh, have I the saw, necessary torque I to pull Bob those, Miller.
1: I saw some of those scooters at that exhibit. They really? old Vespas. Oh yeah, yeah. At the those? GI Dream exhibit. Yeah.
11: Fantastic.
2: All right. Well, let's just. Oh, I'm sorry. This guy's been holding for like an hour. Hello. Hi.
11: Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, it's Jesse from Red Business. Hello,
2: sir. How are you?
11: I'm doing well. So how's I'm
2: life? And like, how's life in the Lions Den?
11: Oh, you know, it's it's lovely. All right. Um, so last week you guys were talking about absinthe. Yes. And um, uh, so yeah, generally it's like 150, 160 proof. So I mean, if you drank enough to hallucinate, you'd just be dead with alcohol poisoning.
2: Okay. Um, are you ever uh, going to drink it, Sarah? Are you just going to look at it? Oh, of course I'll drink it. Okay. Well, I'm just curious. I'm never going to drink my Johnny Walker Blue, Aaron. So you know, I just thought I would. Uh, you know, all right, excellent. Okay.
11: So uh, what I'm calling is a good friend of mine um, has uh, opened a distillery on the east side of downtown. Like ninth and yamhill mm-hmm. and um the they've recently changed uh, the United States laws to allow um companies to manufacture absinthe, and he's already started making it um he's got a, a vodka gin are you talking uh, about the teardrop? No, it's uh integrity spirits is the name of the place okay
2: all right, and it, so it, they're it, gonna be they're gonna be making absinthe, or they are making absinthe?
11: yeah, he's already started distilling it, and uh going through the process that he'd be he'd, Working on the legal part to sell it.
2: All right then. Yeah, because I think they've just now started to make it here in America.
11: But uh, what, I, what I was calling is, if, if you guys, um, if you guys want a tour of the distillery, he's kind of like a, my brother-in-law. Says, uh, well, do me a favor, Dro- to go down
2: drop one of us an email about that. Okay. All I right. Do excellent. That. So we are, and then of course we'll all take a tour, and then Richie will go live there for two days. So yeah. There we go. All right. Thank you. All right. all right. Bye now. There you go. That's that guy guys, Jesse. All right. We'll talk more about Richie's adventures at the Swingers Club, by the way, later on. Here's uh, Tim Riley hear
1: about this in California? I saved this from yesterday, too. Authorities have launched an investigation to determine whether rescuers properly assessed an accident scene where a 72-year-old woman was left inside a crumpled car that was later towed away. Jesus. Shirley Lee Williams of Paso Robles, California, died within minutes after the car driven by her son plowed into a Tarzana office complex Saturday morning. The report did not address whether the woman could have been saved, had paramedics treated her, or knew that she was even in the car. Oh, because she's dead. Yeah, they towed her dead away in the car. The uh, car driven by Stephen Williams, also a pastor Wobles, tore through the back wall of a stucco building, which everything else is made out down there. His mother was in the passenger seat. Her Ugh. body, apparently hidden by an inflated airbag, was not discovered until Sunday oh, oh, after relatives reported her oh, missing. Oh,
2: that is no good. That's like how they found Dr. Laura's mom in the back of a car where she'd been for like a month.
1: Oh, yeah, and Dr. Laura pretended that she was concerned.
2: Yes, yeah, seriously. Like they found Dr. Laura's mom in a trunk or something, I can laugh because she's, she's dead, but uh, and she was already dead then, so I'm not mocking a dying person. She was already dead when they found her. Um, but yeah, they found Dr. Laura's mom in the trunk of a car where she'd been, I, I, if I'm getting the story right, for like weeks, Uh uh-huh. and Dr. Laura sort of feigned emotion about it, uh, her, mo- her mother with whom she had not spoken, I think, in 17 years or something. Jesus. Well, that's a bad way to go. Uh, hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
10: Hey, Rick. This is Max. How you doing, man? Hello.
2: Hello. Hi. Hey.
10: Hey, um, uh, Bob Miller was like he was driving one of those 150cc, like a little street scooters, like not not exactly like an actual motorcycle, but like the step below it, like the ones that go up to 80 miles per hour. They're pretty heavy, like 150 pounds.
2: So there wasn't. Uh, see, this guy says Rick. They showed the scooter on the news. It was a it was a Vespa type scooter.
10: Yeah, exactly, and those things are actually they are pretty sturdy. And like if. If you get caught in it, it will drag you like
2: pretty damn far. Uh, now let me—I'm not—don't mean to be morbid, but, but I'm trying to figure out how the dragging would take place because you're not strapped to it when you ride it.
10: No, 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 no. Uh, well, you have your feet like sitting on uh, on on the floor of the front. right? Like, on like, like
2: little on little floorboards.
10: Yeah, like bunched together. So what I'm guessing is, is that he probably got too too close to the car and his leg probably got caught in like. One of like the car, like for the bumper or something like that, and then like the bike just went underneath it and just. Wait, so he it was down. dragged
2: by a car, not by the actual scooter.
10: That's what I'm guessing.
2: I thought it was dragged. I thought he was dragged by the scooter. That's kind of the way the story made it sound. Tim, do we yeah. Well, that's what it made it sound like.
10: Yeah. Well, nevertheless, he still looks like crap on the news. They, 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 they showed him. He, he, so he was the picture of health bad.
2: beforehand. Uh-huh. He looks like
10: Jabba the Hutt. I was but... just
2: going to say, was he demanding money from Han Solo? <laughs> was he was he asking Lance Bass to roll around in bed?
10: He was speaking in some weird language that I didn't know, so I'm know. Yes.
2: Gonna... All right. It's... Who knows? Anyway, all right. Thank
10: you, sir. Thank you, England.
2: As always, England prevails. Wonderful. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. All right. you beat me to the Jabba the
1: Hutt thing. Uh, all right. Here's Tim Riley. So anyway, all these uh, news organizations are slowing down, and that's why they're sending stories like this. The countdown to the holiday began this week for many Oregonians. The U.S. Postal Service projected more than 2.2 million cards. How do they count that or speculate that? Made up. Will flow through the Portland Processing and Distribution Center. Uh, many people are in line to mail packages and they don't know that, well, the busiest time of the year is here. They knew they were running out of time to get their presents to their destination by December 25th. The Postal Service said Thursday is a deadline for letters, cards, and priority mail packages to arrive by Christmas Day. Saturday is a deadline for express mail. And then you might as well give up. Uh, you know
2: what? I ordered something regular mail about two weeks ago and it has yet to arrive. What was it? Uh, it was a gift. I don't want to say what it is. Sausage. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> the what? gift of sausage. Oh, no. Here on KCB Portland. Well, that's what people buy people at the last minute. It was a gift for my dog. It's not here yet. So well, I really we hope are you listening. afraid that
3: Max might be listening?
2: No, I realize that my wife isn't here either. So, um, uh, Yeah, well, you know, and now do you guys tip your postal carriers? No,
1: I never see him.
2: Is <laughs> the rule? If a service is provided to you but you don't see the person, they no, don't how are supposed to tip.
1: tip. Our mailboxes are all lumped together far away from the house. So it's he just opens up tons of mailboxes at once and puts some mail in. So I don't know how to divide up a tip when he's actually putting in mail for several people at once but he's not doing me a favor he's delivering mail to several people at once but i mean so why should i tip him individually well i'm not passing judgment i'm saying to my home
2: i'm saying that by definition though couldn't i make the same argument it's just that the post it's just that the mailboxes are a little farther apart
1: no i say mail is not delivered to my home and i have to walk to pick it up so i'm not paying i'm not being paid to pick up my own mail so why should I pay someone else to deliver it far away from my home? It is not a service to me.
2: Okay. I can't really argue with that. I don't really care, actually. I just can't figure out whether I should and, if so, how much to tip. What, like FedEx people? No, like the postal guy. Do you tip the guy who brings the mail to your house? I don't know. I'm not trying to be like talk radio guy and here's this average high contact. Well, the mailmen that I've know. known,
3: you know, get paid pretty well and they have... You know, healthcare and all kinds of things. Like I don't. We're such a bitter
2: did. society. He gets healthcare. F him. But what? I mean,
3: honestly, I don't know if they. What they do is necess- It's necessary to tip because that's what they. That's their job.
2: I'm not taking right. sides. I'm really but I honestly. Tip, like,
3: I tip that like, gas station attendant.
2: I tip gas station attendants every time. I got gas last night. And you know what? Can I just say this? It, it, it is both sad and great when you do it because they're so like surprised and happy. I tip a buck. That is my standard tip. Uh, whether I do plastic, I just if I do credit card. Uh, like last night, give the guy my visa and a dollar. Uh, or if it's 20 bucks a gas, I give the guy 21. And usually they'll go, you gave me 21. And I'll say, you know, tip, you know, buck for you or whatever. And they'll, it, it, they are so it, – it's just kind of sad that they're just so happy to get like a dollar tip. And they'll come around and they're like, you have a great night, sir. Happy holidays. And it's, it makes me kind of sad, actually.
1: They're just like so excited that I've given them 100 pennies. So but this is the last – well, except for New Jersey, this is the only place on earth where they require somebody yeah. to pump your gas.
2: I just figured that guy works harder than I do for less money, yeah. whether it's hot they or only cold.
1: only one guy waiting yeah. on like a million gas
2: pumps. I mean, I really feel, it's not, I don't want to say it's liberal guilt, I think it's just, I don't mean to sound a touchy feely, but I think it's just like normal human nature guilt when I get my gas pumped. Because, man, it's like blistering cold out there sometimes, or raining, or just freakishly hot. And there's some guy out there breathing gas fumes in this horrible weather for, like, you know it's just slave wages. So I always tip the guy who pumps my gas. I mean, that job – I know lots of jobs suck. That job really sucks. And it's a guy waiting on me. And so I always tip. So I don't know. The postal guy, I know we're going to uncork a whole can of worms here. I just don't know. I really – I don't – I don't know. I'm never
3: home when a package arrives either. Like, men are always just waiting for me if I order something. Yeah, but – well, I guess. But, but like, I, what, I are, what are you insinuating? Like, am I supposed I'm to, like, leave it? am insinuating anything. I mean, like, should we leave a dollar if you know that a package is coming? I don't know, but isn't it if customary? If somebody hands
1: me a styrofoam cup, should I tip them? Oh, see, we're very dangerously close to, like, a...
3: It seems like a strange question.
2: It's not... Now, I don't believe it's a strange question.
3: Tim, do you think it's a strange question? Do you think, I, I, think strange... I think
1: the mailman is doing his or her job.
3: That's, yeah... It never would have paid, occurred to
1: me to They're paid them. well for it for You see, part. what
2: I'm saying is, but I do believe, I think we can all agree that we here in this room are not necessarily barometers of normalcy. No. I do believe that if you were to ask, like, the great unwashed, I think probably a good chunk of people out there would say that they feel compelled to tip the mailman. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying I think probably most people... We should do a little poll about that. Yeah,
3: this, maybe actually. because if maybe I don't if know I had, the mailman personally. Yeah, because I don't know mine, and maybe if yeah. I had some sort of reaction with my mailman. Let me quickly. Interactions, sorry,
2: Richie. I'm going to get these these scooter calls, and then go through, and we're just going to take like one bank of just like mailman calls. I think. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show.
3: Hello,
8: Rick. It's hey, David.
2: What's and up,
8: Tim? How you doing? And Sarah. Sarah. Hello. Hello. Um, I have the scooter thing. Yep. Um, I don't think he's necessarily, necessarily dragged. He was traveling on the scooter, <laughs> you know, going forward. Yeah. The scooter fell down. Here he fell, and you know he continued to move. Yeah,
2: thirty feet's a long way for a yes, big man.
8: Well, I mean, if you're going thirty miles an hour, and you fall. I to... do
2: not believe Newtonian law would carry him 30 feet, especially because he is large. We're, we're
1: speculating he, on the dragging of Bob Miller. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is the only
2: show where we're going to get some guy with a slide rule talking about how far we could drag Bob Miller down the street. Best show ever. All right.
8: Just right. Now, let, me, let me chime in on the tipping. Yeah. Um, the only people I tip are waitresses or well, surfers at restaurants. Right. Now, the tipping, the mailman, that's just the one time a one-time-a-year Christmas time.
2: Now, do you, people, but you do just, tip at, I'm not, seeing, I'm not saying every day, I'm saying you tip at Christmas, the mailman?
11: No. I, okay. I know people who do, though.
2: Okay, see, and I, and I don't, but I know people who do, so I don't know how common it really is. In other words, I don't know if we are the exception or the rule in here.
8: You know, I think you might have to get, uh, what was his name, Chris the mailman?
2: Yeah, well, of course, he has a vested interest in it. All right.
8: Well,
1: send out a call. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you, bye. All right. Uh... The, the other point is, how much of this mail do you really want? Well, I mean, if the mailman up delivering mail, how much would you miss? Yeah, what well, are you waiting true. for? Well, well, how many good things come in the mail as opposed to bad things that you really don't want to open until you have to? Yeah, I guess.
2: Yeah, I just don't know. I really don't know. Nancy, now, now I'm going to be all Woody Allen neurotic about it. How many mailmen would it take to drag Bob Miller? <laughs> Best show ever. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
8: <laughs> the, the answer to Tim's question yeah. would be
2: five. Okay, thanks. That's it. That's the extent of the call. Well done. All right. Uh, Hi, you're on the
1: Rick Emerson Show.
11: Yeah, back in the day, uh, by the way, uh, all hail to the beautiful Sarah.
1: Yeah. um,
11: uh, Trash men, you must tip. Throw like a pint of something in there. They can take it. The mailmen or federal employees, they can't take anything. I've had them return a pint before. I don't so, know where
2: we're going with this. You don't tip
11: the mailman. Well, you can, but find something that's not going to be illegal for them to take. But Wait, so are
2: you saying you legally can't tip a mailman?
11: Uh, they uh, returned it and said, sorry, I can't take this.
2: Well, now I have well, to yeah, find well, it. It, it, was a, it. was a
11: friend of Jack Daniel.
2: Well, okay. Wah, wah. Thank you. I knew that call was going nowhere. Three seconds in, and yet I persisted. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
8: Hi, Rick. I'm a letter carrier, Uh-huh. and um, legally, uh, you can't take any cash tips, over $20, but you can leave any kind of goodies or, um, you know, little gifts.
2: A gift certificate, perhaps?
8: Yeah, you could do that, too. Now, let me ask you this. You can do that, too, and and actually, your letter carrier would really appreciate it.
2: Well, I'm sure, but I mean, mm. but, the, the, but the question is, is it typically something people do? And I'm actually, trusting you get, to be honest here. No, actually, I get quite a few tips. What percentage would you say of your customers leave you a little something for a holiday? About 50%. See, that's what I'm saying. Like half the people feel like they ought to tip the letter carrier. Yes, it's yeah. Interesting. All mm-hmm. right, what is the what is the the item, uh, in other words, what is the most frequent kind of tip you get? What's the thing you get most often?
0: Uh Usually it's food items.
2: Uh, have Trollets, some cookies. Have some other know. crap you have to carry around.
8: Well, no, actually I've been given a little poinsettia plant. Um, people are very creative. I actually got a... Uh, a card for, to have my car washed, to get, you know, a little gift mm. card. Starbucks is a big thing. And you're
2: saying like half the people give you something for the holiday.
8: Yeah, yeah, I get a lot of Starbucks mm-hmm. coffee, um, get little
9: $5 cards.
2: All right, then. Well, thank you so much.
9: You're welcome. All right, there you go. Uh,
2: well, we'll just uh, take these calls and see what people say. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
9: Hi. Ooh. I'm also a mail carrier. Okay. I'm also Scotty J's mail carrier. Scotty who? Scotty J. Oh, yeah.
1: Is there still someone there to deliver mail to?
9: <laughs> Is it
2: just an occupant now?
11: Yeah, he's a
1: resident. resident
11: <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, if only he thunder, had the financial
2: uh, wherewithal to tip anyone these days. Yes?
11: I was just going to say, she stole my thunder. We like to get uh, Starbucks gift cards, Red Robin gift cards.
2: So pretty, what, pretty common. Do you concur with her that about half uh, of the people on your route tip?
11: Absolutely.
8: About
2: 50%. All right. Excellent. Now, do you uh, do you give preferential treatment to those who tip? No. Oh, see, I knew you would say that. But, I see, I sus- is that really the answer? It's
9: really the answer. We right. take care you're of You're not everybody. tempted to
2: take everybody else's mail and put it on a storm drain? <laughs> no. <All
4: right. laughs> we take care of all of our customers.
8: Yes,
2: of course you do. Thank you so much.
4: Have a good
8: day. You
2: as well. There you go. That's Scotty J's mail carrier. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. It's
8: Mailman Brian from the Grove hello. calling to say howdy, howdy, happy hello. holidays to everyone there on the yes. show. Best show ever. Um, yeah, you know, uh, it... it the tipping thing, it's, uh, Tim, I feel your pain. I don't like centralized boxes either. I'd rather see my customers every day, but, you know, you can't fight the man.
1: That is true. And and, right, it's and, not your fault that I have to walk to get my mail.
8: Well, I understand that, and believe me, I, I, my mailbox where I live is in front of my house, and, and I would hate to have to walk down the street, so I would just... I would suggest just put your own mailbox up and see what happens. No, I'm kidding. That'll never, that'll never work. Let me ask That's, you this. Uh,
2: yes. Let's let you, because we're asking everybody this. Of, what people, percentage of people on your route tip you?
8: It, it, well, I was going to say it varies on the, what the economy is doing, quite honestly. Well, I can see that. So yeah, during
2: during like a good year, do you say that half of the people tip?
8: Uh, well, out here in Lake Oswego, yeah. uh, you'd be surprised that maybe
2: 35%. Well, let's see. That, does seem, that doesn't surprise me, actually. I would think... Paradoxically, in a moneyed community, they would probably be less willing to part with their money.
8: But it, it, it is a nice gesture, and, and actually, I leave uh, uh, I'll leave my like, goodies out for our trash man too. All uh, right. Well, see, that's remember. a guy.
2: See, you should talk, see. That's a guy. I feel like I really ought to tip is the guy who uh, holds my garbage. Yeah, 'cause
8: they they work their butts off, yeah. and tipping, tipping the guy at the, at the gas station, Rick. That, I've never thought of it before, but that is such a cool idea. So I it'd be do. Good for you.
2: I tip no, and I'm not trying to make myself like uh, you know whatever George Bailey, but yeah, I tip every time I get gas. If I have a buck, I tip it. So, you know what? I
10: I, I, uh, I have uh, newfound respect for you. All right. Well, let's.
2: I'll try to uh, diminish. Just, I'll do something to get rid of that in the next hour. I'll be listening Friday. Thank you. <laughs> all right, now, there you go.
1: But right. I agree with the trash man thing because, as we all know. People really don't separate their recycling. It's like, this week we take bottles. This week we take cardboard. You put everything into the same bin, and you know it, and you put stuff up on top of it. Yes, I do. So only the garbage man knows. Yes. You're putting the guy's life in danger. Definitely go, because of poison things in there. Yes. He, I mean, the guy's going to get leprosy so and wonder why, and it's all because of us. It is my so, fault. So they deserve something.
2: Uh, I, although I will say, in my own defense, in Southeast, there's this sort of... Um organic that separating process that happens by which I mean the homeless guys come by and take all the aluminum and glass.
1: Oh, we don't have that.
2: Yeah. Uh, I know. It's something that the little people have.
1: Hi, Sarah. How you doing? Well, let's break. Are you feeling better?
3: No, I'm feeling a little weird. My uh-huh. head is all swimmy. I'm sorry.
2: You know what would cheer you up and make you uh, you know, set you right? More sex stories from Richie. Zang. All right, we'll come back with uh, Richie Bristol. More from Tim Riley, the top five, Jim Roop, all that coming up. You stay. That's the Rick Emerson radio program. Here's chaos. Commerce radio program. XTC. Children. It's so weird. This is the same guy that did Dear God. Yeah,
5: Andy, Andy Partridge. Partridge.
2: Emerson radio program coming up uh, just just a while. We'll talk to senior radio correspondent James Roof about the writer's strike. And uh, we'll get more of the lowdown from Richie about his visit to the East Uyghurs Club over the weekend. Here's
0: Tim Riley. And now from the Ministry of Truth this is Tim Riley.
1: Television is a teaching tool. Tips learned from watching television save the 17 year old who spent Sunday night and most of Monday morning lost in the cold woods north of Lincoln City. Lots of bad luck here for this guy. His name is Max Johnson. He lives at Otis. Really? Mm -hmm. He lives at Otis and was on his way to the employee party at the seafood restaurant that he works at. His car flipped over, landed upside down in a creek when he swore to avoid hitting a deer. Another reason why nature hates you. He was not seriously hurt, but disoriented, so he crawled out of the car and walked the wrong way. Deeper into the dark, deeper into the woods, he got to a hilltop, called his mom on the cell phone... Then dropped it in the dark and couldn't find it again. Oh. I mean this can happen to any of us, really. sucks. (laughs) Lots of bad stuff here. So deputies arrived and found the wreck but couldn't locate the boy and decided to wait till daylight to continue. Thinking what he saw watching television, hours and hours of it, as teenagers will. He managed to hold the shelter and stayed warm. Near noontime day rescuers heard shouting and saw him coming out of the woods near the wreck. Wet, cold, but otherwise, he was okay. Is this the Saved k- by television.
2: Is, is this the kid that stayed warm by uh, using his own liquid waste? No, no, no. All right. Somebody sent me a story about a guy who stayed warm with the aid of urine.
1: Let's see here. I don't see any urine listed. All right. But, uh, there he is. He, he is to in seafood is house. Is that a mohawk? Yeah, it's an Otis mohawk. (laughs) He couldn't afford the whole thing. Well, he wanted to get dressed up at the Christmas party. Of course. (laughs) It's Christmas time in Otis. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, then we have a... Well, this is kind of sad. Uh, A 24-year-old Tawala's man accidentally shot his wife to death while practicing police techniques. (laughs) Ryan Osbrick recently signed to get a brand-new job with the Clark County Sheriff's Office. He was supposed to start on the 19th. Well, suddenly he was home practicing being a police officer, drawing his pistol from the holster when the gun went off and hit his wife, Kimberly. The officers responded to the call and uh, found him administering uh, first aid to his wife. It was too late, though. He he killed her with his own police pistol. Bigamy in Florida. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> okay, that was hilarious. Um, I'm sorry, I was still back on the hideous William Tell story that we just had. Well, he was practicing for his new job. Jesus, I mean, uh, okay, Uh, it took me a minute to process how dumb that guy is. Jesus, maybe I'll practice this with a loaded gun by aiming at it. Isn't that like, like when you fill out the form to become a cop? Don't they tell you that, by the way, don't aim a loaded gun at someone's face. Jesus, all right, I'm sorry, in Florida,
1: in Florida, Well, the honeymoon is over for a 26-year-old woman who, authorities say, has at least ten husbands. Eunice Lopez has been charged with Begami, accused of burying ten men between 2002 and 2006 without divorcing any of them.
2: Begami's where you fold your husband into
1: any number of exciting positions. The Miami uh, Herald reports that a record search by the newspaper found seven additional marriages under the bride's name and birth date. She arrived in South Florida from Cuba in 2002 to become a U.S. citizen. Well,
2: maybe that's how they do things in Cuba.
1: I can tell you that none of the individuals she married had any type of residency. Prosecutors say she uh, charged her husbands an unspecified amount to help them secure immigration status. Ah, And then I continued see. asking the men for money long after the loaf was gone. Uh, threatening I... to expose them if they didn't pay up.
2: All right, I see. I understand how that's
1: working. Uh, she's been released at $18,000 bond. Her last known address was Hylia, north of Miami. A telephone listing could not be located. It's not known whether or not she has an attorney as of yet. Oh. Uh, November was Oregon's largest job increase in two years. Researchers uh, worked to help the elderly fight disease and... Why are there three stories written in two sentences here?
2: I don't know. I was wondering how you got from jobs to the elderly and their many diseases. I know that is great, <laughs> isn't it? Did you see that thing on Fox where Bush was uh, saying that the economy is fantastic? Yeah. That thing yesterday was the economy is a wonderful shape. Gangbusters or whatever. He was just he couldn't couldn't stop talking about how great the, and he couldn't quit talking about how great the housing market is. He just could not shut up about how great the housing market is.
1: It, it's a worse than 16 years. Yeah, no, it's, apparently
2: it's all sunshine and roses inside that guy's head. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a few of these calls. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick, Ra- and then we'll talk more to Richie Bristol. Oh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
8: Hey, everybody, this is Benjamin. How are you doing? Hello,
2: hi, hey. Oh. Hello,
0: hi. Hey,
8: you know, uh, fr- at first I thought it was just Scotty J, but I heard myself on a uh, Best of yesterday as well, so I guess I just make a lot of the Best of shows.
0: Yes, well, you, you're worth
6: your weight in gold.
8: I'll be expecting to hear this one, uh, on a future episode, but, uh, what I really called about was, um, okay, so it's cold and flu season, right? And you see all these ads on TV for, uh, I don't know, what, what do they call, like Zycam or coldies? And they say, you know, guaranteed to shorten the length of a cold. Right. And the reason they give is that it's full of all kinds of immune enhancing vitamins and stuff. So naturally I started thinking, well, you know, I'm a Viso drinker and, uh, every day I have like an average of two, uh, one in the morning before the gym, one on the way to work. And this got, so for me, I'm getting like 200% of daily recommended dosage of uh, different vitamins and minerals, and usually I get sick like clockwork every three I four months. I should be
2: charging for this. Really, honestly, uh, Chris, I hope I hope Tate is listening upstairs. Really, somebody ought to be billing Visa for this call. Yes, go ahead.
8: Well, yeah, no, I'm saying usually I get sick like clockwork every three to four months, and working in a hospital, I mean I'm exposed to colds and the symptoms. worst
2: that humanity has to offer oh. all manner of viruses yes.
8: and infectious diseases. But yes. since I started drinking viso, uh, not sick once. Really? So I would love to hear from other listeners. Are you experiencing the same benefit? And hey, if you're <laughs> like uh, if you're like an OHSU student and you want an easy study, just survey people. When's the last time you were sick? When did you start drinking viso? Excellent. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you're
4: welcome.
2: I you go. Fiso is more of everything. Good. Drink All right. Uh, eat snack, eat more. Uh, Jesus. I don't have the stomach for more tipping calls. I just don't. Who wants to hear more tipping calls? We can take one more. All right. Do you want to hear from Dwight or Sterling? Ooh, Sterling? Sorry, Dwight. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
10: Hey, Rick. How are you? Hi, uh, what's up? Hey, i got a quick question
8: Don't be
2: pressured, you. but you are the final word in the tipping conversation today. It's all that's on your cool, narrow cool. shoulders. Okay, well, I, I,
10: need, I
8: need your answer on this, actually. Yeah. In my case, I have three separate garbage people picking up my
2: garbage. How much so garbage do not... you generate? What kind of <laughs> filth monger are you?
8: Well, I've got well, one Big. for the recyclables, one for the lawn debris, and then <laughs> one for the garbage.
2: Lawn debris? It's December.
8: Well, you know, there's leaves and stuff.
2: And whatnot. All right, yeah. Yeah.
8: So what what do I do? Do I tip three times then?
2: Sure. I don't know. Well, Tim? Yes, yes, do it. Yes, do it. Just do it? Yes, have some. Uh, the, Yeah, just uh, maybe take the total amount you would normally tip, raise it by maybe 30%, and then divide it by three.
1: Well, that helps. All right. Thank you, sir. Oh, well, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. There are always McDonald's 50-cent gift certificates. Uh, that's true. I can't
2: tell you when I was a kid how many times that was my uh, Christmas present. Here you go. Here's some 50-cent McDonald's oh, boy, gift certificates. Just the trashiest family imaginable. Let's welcome back to the Rick Emerson Show, a uh, good friend there, Richie Bristol, uh, phone screener and sex club enthusiast. <laughs> All right. So we read, do we still have the message on your MySpace from those girls, or is it gone? Did you remove it? No. All right. So uh, we will now look at your MySpace where these two girls, uh, so for those who came in late, so Richie went to the, <laughs> to the Swingers Club on Friday, stayed for a while, didn't really do anything, and then you went back to the Swingers Club on Saturday with two women, and after watching some other folks do whatever, you and these two women went into a private room with and fruit. had with fruit, with a
6: banana, and, and then and rope. Yeah, what did you tie the girls up with? Uh there's like leather straps. And...
3: What now please were they naked when you tied them up?
6: Wow. <laughs> not a not at oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's the
1: creepiest laugh I've ever heard. All right. That's like full on
2: that's a don't do that. That's like a full on joker laugh. Um okay, please let's back up. I
6: would not even thought to ask
2: that. First of all, did you bring the leather restraints with you or with like were like community
6: table? restraints? Uh I don't want to think about community. Who did you bring where, I mean, where did no? You... They were there.
2: So you used community leather restraints. I'm sure they yes. were washed. To be yeah. fair, to be fair, how was
3: it? Was it as clean as it was when we toured it? to be job
2: one there. Yes. They said, yeah. I mean, it seems like they wouldn't get women, especially, coming back there if the place seemed dirty in Absolutely. any way. And it didn't. It seemed very. It, it was very very clean when we were there. To be fair, I don't want to. I don't want to cast aspersions. And they they apparently are very very hypersensitive about keeping the place clean. So. um... Okay, so yeah, so you so when you use leather restraints, it's like leather, like uh, just leather, like a what is that thing? Just like a leather strap, or was it like yeah, straps with little with uh, like buckles,
6: buckles and stuff like that.
3: And Did so, you use, like shackles.
2: Was, was she restrained yeah. to something or just to herself? In other words, just like sort of handcuffed. Because there weren't or like
3: whatever. really chairs or anything in the rooms, also you get like you're in the bigger rooms. Yeah, what would? How was she Which restrained? Which room were you in? Which one?
6: Over by uh, the dance the,
3: re- the voyeur room didn't have one the, the room grate that? It,
6: did it have the metal grate door
2: over by there okay but it was yes. a, it was a private room though with curtains and whatever yeah so it was in that sex hostel part okay. right before you get to the voyeur room
3: sound like I took a picture
0: in. yes sir a, a chaste photo
2: yeah uh like yeah like that one so now was the girl just sort of restrained to herself or what did you tie her to a thing uh to a thing what was the thing uh, I, I don't even know what's in there that you would tie somebody to. You
6: have to quit laughing like Krusty the Clown. Okay,
3: so, I'm, so was it just, like, getting right down to the sex, or were you guys, like, making out?
6: Uh, I strapped our legs together, and I was... Like in the Beat It video? Oh, that's wrists.
2: So you...
3: Uh-huh.
6: Wait, so I have
3: to you get some more You just wanted to say Beat It video.
2: No, I... Ha- seriously, I am so coffee? Could you overwhelmed say with... Okay, but you have to take over the questioning while I do it.
3: I, well, I'm the only one doing the questioning. I'm asking. I'm so actual...
2: overwhelmed with questions. To... So your cup, you've is? got to talk
3: into the microphone. With Where's you? your Okay. Oh, thank you. Okay. You've got to stay on the mic. Okay. <laughs> All right. So so you play a game of pool with these two girls. Uh huh. And even though you're on both teams, you say the losing team has to do whatever the winning team does yeah. or wants to. Yeah. So at that point, you say to them.
6: I didn't really say much. I just went to the fruit table and I said, "Come on."
2: And you picked up, <laughs> you picked up a banana and okay. went into the sex room.
6: Yeah,
3: a banana or multiple bananas.
6: Uh, a banana. All yeah. right, others. So, all right. So you go into the room,
2: you close the door, you close the curtains. You and the two girls are alone in one of the sex rooms. Yeah.
6: Okay. So you restrained one of the girls.
3: And what is she tied to?
6: Uh, there's like a post on the bed. I think there's little things on the floor. and Oh, that makes sense. It seems like they would anticipate that, that maybe. For that your safety. Need. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: they, they would anticipate that desire. So, so did she watch you and her friend?
6: The other one watched.
2: So girl number one. Was, oh, yeah. Let's just were... call them girl one and girl two. All right? Okay. So girl one, you tie down. Or up, as the case may be. Yeah. Uh, so you tie up girl one. She then watches you engage with girl two. Yeah. And, and you're and saying and that
3: they're not going to touch each other. How, yeah,
2: right. How far away physically was girl number one? She's
3: tied to the bed, and they're on the bed. She's probably like right next to Would it. you say a foot like away? Like to face. Yeah, but you know. Oh,
2: oh whoa, hello. <laughs> really? Okay. Um. Uh, so it, so she's like a foot away from you while you and girl two were, you, you know, know, getting
6: it on? Something that I remember is is I guess I left it the door open. You
2: guess you left the door open? You knew the you, rumors, There was others.
6: It, there was others standing there in it. Well, you left the door open. What do you? I just kept going. We. Jesus.
3: There was like an older lady. Wow. You didn't shut the door.
6: Not at first, but I didn't want to seem rude. So like I didn't want to seem rude. rude. Well, they're watching if I
2: shut the
1: door, their face. I mean, all right, let's stop here. So they say, "Pardon me, may I borrow a cup of sugar,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Olson?" Um, So uh, let's let's stop. Okay, I have to. It's going to hyper myself into a frenzy here. All right. So when we toured the sex club, you know what, Sarah, you know what you and I have to do tomorrow is bring in that list of like a fact, like the guidelines they gave us when we toured. It was a okay. gift to everybody. I have that, yeah. It's like a commonly asked questions, how to behave, how not to behave. We should read that tomorrow. Um, but one of the rules is, everybody thinks it's just a big orgy there, but one of the, but they're a bunch of small private rooms. And again, i was sort of joking, like they're hostel rooms. But... They have, do, most of them have doors and curtains so that you can have privacy. Even as you're in this club, you can have privacy. And one of the rules is, if a door is shut, you don't knock on it. You don't open it, and you certainly you certainly don't open it, and you don't even knock. If a door is shut, you leave it alone because that means somebody wants privacy. If curtains are closed, you don't try to peep through them. So that's one of their big ironclad rules. If a couple ha- is in a room and they clearly want to be alone, you don't stare. You don't try to see it. So... You are, in a, I'm just trying to say, here's why this seems so unlikely to me. This is why there's a little suspect that you say you forgot. Because it seems like this is not normal circumstances. Like, it seems like you would never in your life would you be more hyper aware of your surroundings than when you're at a sex club. So you, you just didn't notice that the door was left open while you're getting it on with Girl 2? Well, I went in and I went back out. <laughs> but at some point, though, you were engaged with girl two in a in a sex act. Well, at first and we were you just did you look over? And,
6: and st- really? Just, just kind of playing. I was just kind of playing around because I didn't want to just you know, hey, rip into. Um,
3: so were you like? So were you guys closed?
6: Well, so first it was playful. It was it was just playing. You know, I mean,
3: you sound like the guy from the hub. Do you want to play? Play is a word that takes a whole say play new play meaning again, now. Ever.
6: I talked to Sarah this week and she's like, I'm gonna go home and play with my new computer, and then
2: she's like, Oh, I can never say play again. <laughs> um, so you and the girl are engaging in heavy petting.
3: Uh, and then in front of her friend who's yeah. tied up.
6: And this other lady and another and The friend who's tied up, is she clothed? Yes. Okay. Now let me ask you this. So but
2: at some point though, you and girl number two are engaged in an intimate act, and then what? Do you look
6: over and go, Hey, the door's open? Uh, no, actually, uh, the other chick started saying something. And like, then, hey, look, there's people watching us. <laughs> yeah. And th- there was a lot of giggling kind of going on in the background and stuff like that. And you're- we're and we like, were naked or nothing, and we're just playing, so I didn't really care. I'm not thinking that, you know, we're going to get naked. But you looked over at some point at the door, and people so, were watching. Wait, so watching.
3: you're messing around with this girl in front of her friend who's tied up to the bedpost, and you don't think that you're going to get laid?
6: So, I didn't anticipate is, there would be sex involved. At, at first, it wasn't like, it was. we were playing. You know, it's just like. I
3: don't understand what you mean by playing. Like, okay,
6: but let me just, yeah, seriously, look.
2: They say, Uh, no, no, um, no, no. listen, 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 hold on, stop. They say if a girl touches her hair while talking to you, you're going to get late. You have one girl tied up, and you are, like, groping her friend a foot away, and yet in your head you're like, I don't know where this is going. (laughs) I I mean, Richie, we know you're smarter than that. Seriously, don't be, even even for a guy, even a guy would know. So... Let's just cut to the chase. At some <laughs> at, 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 at some point though, you and the girl were engaged in the full on sex and you looked over and
6: realized people were watching. Not till the second shift. Oh, that's okay.
2: How
3: well, drunk were you?
6: I was I, I threw up.
3: <laughs>
2: Before after <laughs> or <laughs> during on during my which one? Shirt. Yeah, say when well, when Oh my god,
3: please tell me you threw up and then did it.
6: Uh it was later. Okay, you threw up after the sex?
2: Yeah. Well, the, the, girl? Around the, the girdling no, around. No, 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 no. You you did it elsewhere. All right. So you are then with the second girl, uh, being intimate with the second girl, and you look over and you see some people standing in the doorway watching.
6: No, in between the first and the second. Yeah. is when it became private. Uh, like, okay. Let me. I feel like I'm.
2: so, I'm so this
3: confused. This is, I know it's like it's a, like a run around. Okay. At Can't any point, anything.
6: let's stop. Okay. At any point,
2: yeah. Were there people in the doorway watching you engage no, in no, sex? No, no, no.
6: Just playing and stuff. Just so they didn't watch
3: you. What do you mean by playing? Like, are you? Well, you this is it's a it's crying. a first base, second base.
6: Yeah, yeah. First base,
2: second so base kind are, of a thing. So you guys
3: are making out.
6: No.
2: So you were watching, but you were they watched you uh, groping.
6: Yes. All right, that's what I'm saying.
2: It's like a second base kind of a hands all over kissing. Because we're giggling. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: because how could you not kiss?
2: <laughs> did you? So was there? Did you not kiss all night? No. Now, see
1: that makes sense to me, actually.
3: No, no, no. See it that makes sense. sense
1: to me. No, but maybe he no. was in the mood for romance.
2: No, but see, as a woman, would you not agree with this, Sarah? That kissing is intimate in a way almost that sometimes sex isn't.
3: Yes, and you know what? Now that I think about it, if Richie's like going in with like leather straps and bananas. <laughs> I, I <can laughs> leather straps and bananas.
2: The Richie Bristol story. No, no, no. Will you always hear? I'm not trying to imply anything about your friends. You're talking
3: about, like, pretty women.
1: I'm I'm saying, yeah, totally. I was going to say,
2: like, you women who are sex workers sometimes say that they will not kiss. They'll do everything but kiss because they feel kissing is um, too intimate uh, to be shared with anybody. So you and the girl uh, didn't kiss, but you did uh, everything else. Um, uh, 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 This is just so mind-boggling. I just... I know that there's... I'm trying to order my thoughts here. So between girl... Between. After... Girl one, you were then engaged
6: in, let's say, second base with girl two. No, we we left because you know the people were watching and whatnot. Yes, we went to the dance floor. Uh huh. And then I started dancing on the pole. Blah 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 blah. How
3: did how well, did that blah, blah, even blah, blah, happen? After the dancing on the pole, how is then it then that we went
2: back? Again, how is it that you ended away. up on a stripper pole? Did uh, the girls ask you to do it? I was trying
6: to break the monotony. You already did the jitterbug.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Lindy Hop didn't didn't hold the same appeal. I just see now. I'm just seeing George Bailey in It's Wonderful Life doing the Charlton, <laughs> except nude. Um, well, I'm, I'm gonna let him take out
6: my penis.
3: So, <laughs> so you play with girl number one. Do you leave girl number? Do you leave the other girl tied to the bed while you're working? No, the I pole?
6: unstrapped her and then we
3: unstrapped her. <laughs>
6: We Jeez. went to the dance floor, and I gave them dances, and they sat at the rack. and
3: You gave them dances?
6: That's when I did this. dance Please to
3: be demonstrating a dance you gave for them. Oh, please well, don't.
6: No, we'll please, please don't do that. I could actually do pretty good. So. <laughs> I could see you being. And so then you went dance. back to the room with girl number two. Well, she said, or her one friend said, it's your turn. You should be strapped up and stuff like that. So then we went back. Wait, did that.
3: they tie you down?
6: No, no. Okay. I right,
3: would think on. you'd be submissive.
6: You seem very submissive in the photos we took. They
3: weren't were they even more so so that made you get kind of the dominant one
6: yeah i ha- they weren't they weren't doing here on kcmd portland Oh, well, i had to kind of you know did they want you to take charge
2: just say it yeah did they want you to they wanted you to rule with an iron an iron sex fist yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> uh all right so the upshot of all this is that let me just check off these activities so in the course of the evening you danced on the stripper pole for these women uh you were engaged with each girl while the other girl watched, yeah, at and one tied point up. At, and was tied up. At one point, you were engaged in, let's say, second base with one of the girls, and then realized some other folks were standing in the doorway watching.
6: Yes. Who was watching the doorway? What kind of people were they? Uh, an older lady and an, another fella. I didn't right. really. Did were they look they, like a couple? Were they Were they no, together? No. Were they just watching? One was on the, like the the other side, like this. Were they just watching? Did they ask to take part? No. All right. There wasn't much conversation. I Maybe mean, they want to really demonstrate weird. a new vacuum cleaner. Yes, yeah, sir. I'm here to. You know what a Kirby is. They were amused, I guess. Uh, you, you, Let
2: me ask you this at the at the swingers club, where I now have to go at some point. I mean, really, honestly, I how can I how can I not? Um. And that'll be awkward any number of ways. Uh,
3: so you know that we'll bump into people we know. Well, okay. yeah, but I mean, what are you going to do?
2: Uh, just a number of people we've heard from who are listeners who go. So. Rather than just so, here's the thing. So, uh, jumping ahead, because Sarah and her, and you know, you and your girlfriends have talked about going just to watch. Um, I, I I figure it's better to just sort of say it as then as opposed to as opposed to getting the call Monday morning. Hey, I uh, love the show. Hey, Sarah, I saw you at the uh, Swingers Club on Saturday. Mm. Good time. Anyway, so uh, about tipping. You know, I I figure it's better just to go like, hey, one of these days we're all going to have to go down one at a time and watch the whatever. Um, so. I don't even know where I was going with this. So was there? did you see many people who were just sort of hanging out, having just a conversation? Because he made a big deal out of saying that a lot of times it's just like a bar. People are just there to get a drink, hang out. A lot of times it's not even about the sex.
6: It was totally like a bar. I mean, there was one area that sometimes it was scary, but it was weird. I mean, I hadn't seen anything yeah, like who that.
3: Who were the people in the weird area?
6: Uh, People having sex.
2: And so... Would you uh, say that the clientele was better looking than you imagined, not as good looking as you imagined, or about what you thought it would
6: be? A lot better than I imagined. Really?
2: Is that true? I've heard that from some other people who said that, uh, you know, that that they are surprised at the uh, relative attractiveness of some of the people there. Yeah. Oh, Holy moly. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Pasha even said that she has, a, she has friends who are a couple who are really good-looking, and mm-hmm. they go there.
2: At the risk of being awkward, there's a couple that listens to us. Uh, that have, They're long-time listeners, and if they are listening, they know who they know who they are. There's a couple who listens to us and that have a uh, long-time listener to the show, worked uh, with me on some outside projects and so forth. Uh, wife, full-on hot. Uh, the husband is an aesthetically appealing man. Wife, completely hot. Uh, and so they themselves have said that it used to be... Not so hot there, but now they have been again very surprised at the number of people that go there that are very attractive. So now, to jump ahead, now these girls with which you with whom you went to the swingers club, so they are now on your MySpace. What do you have the posting up, Sarah? Uh, yeah. What did the girls say to Richie on his MySpace page? What is it? Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, say. Because they they put up some post after
6: the visit to the swingers club.
3: All right. Oh, she's written a few times. Oh, what does it say? Oh, wait. No, he took him down. Did you take
6: him down? Are you on the 970?
3: No, I'm on. Is it on the 971? No. Okay. Oh, I got it. I got it. Here we go. So what
6: did the girl say on Richie's MySpace page?
3: All right. Well, this is interesting because she left a comment on November 27th.
2: Where? Really?
3: Yeah. So uh, have you had talked to her before?
2: Well, well, they did. They were sort of friends twice. Or what up, Richie? Or whatever. How
3: was your weekend? Okay, so then.
2: All right. So what did she say after this visit to the swingers club?
3: All right, so this would have been on Sunday, and she said, "I'm glad I was there to experience that with you." LOL. You should get a swing, and my friends and I will come over. Smiley face emoticon. So when
2: she says you should get a swing, presumably at your home. Do you live alone?
6: Uh, with my brother.
2: Awkward. Awkward. Or hot, <laughs> depending, I guess, on how one views things. Uh, so. When she says, you should get a swing and my friends will come over, do you know what friend she's referring to? Uh, no.
6: Probably Jesus. more friends. Uh, I uh,
2: really? Okay. Let me just read a sampling of the emails we've got here. Rick, over the past six years, i pretty much listened to every hour of every show you've ever done. Decapitations. People drowning in sewage. Guys sucked into wood chippers. Dudes having to saw off their own limbs with pocket knives. But the accumulated amount of ick in the past ten minutes of broadcasting is making me want to wash myself with a pressure washer. How about this one? Richie is the king of all... This is from a woman. Richie is the king of all dudes. Seriously. King of dudes. How about this one? Uh, This email says... uh, Let's see. Um, Rick, you said there's a lot of radio in Utah that sounds like a lot of radio here, but I think you have just talked about something that could not be aired in Orem. I have listened very attentively, says uh, this woman. Uh, Let's see. How about this?
3: It's just fascinating. Like, never... I mean, I kind of thought that you might go... But I didn't really think that you actually would. And then but course, and then like and then strap up on like do, like tie girls to bedposts and I mean, they're from like, Gresham.
2: The girls are from Gresham, you of course.
3: Them, yeah, the banana
2: thing. I uh <laughs> playing. That word is just that word it's should wrong. have new meaning for all of us. Uh let's see. Uh uh, let's see. Rick. Uh I'm just looking at all of these here. Um mm-hmm. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out which of these I can read and which I can't. There's lots of um, there's lots of questions about your trip.
6: Um, well, I, most of these I
2: can't. So then, read, how did the night end
3: up? So you you went and danced on the pole, and then you came back, and then you went back to the same room.
6: Yeah, and then with girl number two, and we smoked a cigarette.
3: <laughs> really?
6: <laughs> Honestly, and did you ask was it good for you? <laughs> no. Uh, and then you walked into their car. Uh, I think we hung around a little bit more. Now, doesn't it seem yeah. to you? Like
2: what kind of seem...
3: conversation do you have post-sex club?
2: Post? Yeah, really. That's experience. a good question. On the way back to the car, did you talk, or was it a lot of awkward silence? No, they were talking
6: about going again.
2: Really? Now, do you suspect that that with or without you, they're going to go again? Did they had? At the end of the night, would you say that they had really had a good time? Were they into it? it did was, they seem? You'll forget the, the word pumped afterward. Uh, yeah. But they they were talking about. Coming back, yeah. See, and I, you know what? I think... I do believe that the Internet has really... Uh, for both men and women, I think the Internet has really opened a lot of people's eyes to stuff that they wouldn't have considered or would not have thought that they found interesting or appealing, you know, before. I think that the Internet sort of allows people to look at stuff and maybe go, well, maybe that's a thing that I hadn't thought about, but I might be into it, and then maybe the logical extension is going to a place like this. And I do believe... That American society has advanced enough so that women don't have to be, whatever, embarrassed at stuff. Because there was a time, obviously, I'm going to go to a sex club and, like, you'd be taken out back and stoned, you know? I mean, a lot of countries in the world where, I mean, just being, you know, being gay is enough to get you taken out back and beheaded. So I I do think American society has progressed enough to where women can do things like this without a sense of guilt. Uh, And I think in a city like Portland, we're very progressive, uh, you know, and women can pursue that, you know, and, and not have to feel guilty about it. So... Interesting. So now, are, are and then we'll talk to Jim Rupp here in just a second. Are you? And then I'm thinking about doing a segment later on today called "Ask Richie" about his weekend, <laughs> uh, where we just take a bank of calls from people who want to ask you stuff. Um,
3: yeah, we do. Yeah, because I don't know if we're coming up with all of the questions that probably wants stuff people to want
2: to know. Uh, so, uh, are you, are you interested in going to back to the club with these girls? That's,
6: that's what's weird is all of a sudden it's like you're coming out or something like that. And all of a sudden people are calling that you never thought would be interested in that. Yeah. Like I've had a couple of girls from work here actually ask me questions about it and then say they want to go and like, <gasps> will go with me. And I am like, Oh awkward. my God, are you work, kidding two girls? me? Hear it. Yeah. Well, well, no. Hold on, let's stop. Let them, well, we I, I can like, pick one of them And now.
2: we won't identify them on the air. Uh... <laughs> You have had girls from here, A, B, ask, be interested, and then say that they would go with you?
6: Yeah, like, they want to go, and...
2: And, and well, like, now,
6: you since you're such a... And
2: since you've broken the ice, <laughs> why don't you take me? Really? Yeah, kind of like... I, want to I you totally know who one of them is.
3: Yeah, I totally do, too. I bet we're thinking about the exact same one.
2: Oh, yeah. From Los Angeles, let's <laughs> welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, CNN Radio correspondent and golden god, James Roof. Hello, sir.
5: Howdy. How was your uh, How was your weekend? I was okay. I've been a little sick.
2: Oh, dude, you don't sound good. You sound like Sarah does today. Oh, yeah? Sarah? Well, Sarah. not... Actually, you sound. Well, where now Sarah's I, got yeah, the yeah. head cold going on.
5: Yeah, I got something going on. I don't know. Oh, my oh. God, dude.
2: I feel so bad for bringing you to the phone today.
5: No, that's all right. Um, Well, let's make this... I missed you guys.
2: Well, we missed you too, Jim. Let's all hug. There
5: you go. Uh... Dude, well let's
2: make this brief. I feel bad. Um what is it true that the uh, the talks in the Hollywood uh, writer strike are quote at an irresolvable impasse or something like that? It
5: seems that way right now. I mean the uh the writers guild's tried to figure out a way to negotiate with uh, entities or companies individually like uh, David Letterman's worldwide pants, but that puts David Letterman in a weird situation because if the studios and producers don't want anybody talking and David Letterman strikes a deal with the writers, well, the studio's going to be pissed off at David Letterman. So, what happens when his contract comes up? Or do they start shoving lousy stars at his show?
2: Well, because like I know Carson Daly's back to doing live shows. Ellen had never stopped, and you got to ask yourself: at what point does the breaking point come? Where there's like we're losing so much money, we got a production staff oh, it's not that's gonna to to work for a while. Yeah, so
5: it's not gonna happen for a while. The, the, the thing that's going on now with these uh, the award shows with the Golden Globes coming up, uh-huh. uh, you know, the the Writers Guild says none of its members can write. That witty banter that you hear during those shows, sure, yeah, yeah, you know, which is
2: always executed so well, anyway, isn't it?
5: Though, yeah, uh, I guess actors don't show up to those things either. <laughs> uh, but apparently, they, the the uh, show's still going to go on, and I'm I've, I've been trying to get a hold of uh, SAG and after it, a bunch of other folks to see if they're going to ask their members not to cross the picket lines and boycott the award shows.
2: It is it is really fascinating, actually, to ask you know uh, whether you know at what point the ir- irresistible force is really going to meet the immovable object, uh, you know, on this show and uh, you know with these these sorts of things, you know, at what point is is somebody going to just break the picket line and then there's going to be you know a, t- a flood of people after that.
5: Yeah, I, I don't know that with uh, with the Jay Leno thing or the cody O'Brien thing, they're just going to wing it apparently. Uh, but if you ask me. And because there's no way Jay Leno just going to go up there and just, you know, hack his way through an hour.
2: I think Letterman could probably do it. In fact, I think he did do it years ago in the last strike. But, you know, I, I don't see, know. What
5: I think is I think they contact some of their writer buddies and say, hey, man, can you write me a couple lines and give you a thousand dollars. That's what I think happened. No, I can see that a little under the table. Oh, sure. Thank you know, you want to help these guys out at Christmas, you know. Say hey, look, Joe. Uh, I, I could use a, I could use about three minutes. What can you do for me?
2: And then that that also allows them to pay their production staff by getting the show back. You know, going going back. Well,
5: that's the then. big thing is that they they feel they have this responsibility to the eighty to a hundred people that that are not writers that work on right. the show. So yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. But I think you I think you're still screwing the writers because they, you know they're never going to get any, anywhere if stuff like this keeps happening. You know, I, the biggest thing I think that could happen is the writers are so strong and the other unions support them so well that nobody shows up to the Golden Globes. Right. That they right. have to cancel the Golden Globes. Threats from the WGA saying, we're going to be all over there, man. Anybody cross the lines with throwing eggs at them. I mean, yeah. they need to be all over that.
2: Boy, it's just, it really is. I'm not trying to diminish this because obviously this is people's lives and their paychecks and whatever, but you, know, you don't really think about how much, you know, when you watch the 22 minutes of some sitcom, you really lose sight sometimes. that really this is like brass knuckle stuff to people. This is you know this is, uh, this is, you know food on the table.
5: Yeah, and, and most of them you know they're they're not making eight million dollars a year. You yeah. know they're making you know your your standard middle class uh, wages. Yep. You know it's, it's not a whole lot of money for writers. I, I'm I'm surprised constantly that people are doing it. They all want to be that Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. Well, they all to that point.
2: Yeah. They all want to luck into being J J Abrams. Yeah. So. But
5: that ain't gonna happen. There's only one.
2: All right, my friend. We'll go home and have some scotch or something.
5: Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> I don't know what you're drinking. Somebody
2: suggested, like everybody in radio, you know, every time you're sick, everybody gives you the home remedy. So one guy was like, it's Jack Daniels and a lemon wedge. Like that was his, like, absolute go-to thing. I so,
5: love the bourbon and, and stuff like that. But, you know, scotch is sort of the staple of radio guys. That's <laughs> what
2: I'm saying. So, I mean, that'll, you know, it'll cure what ails you, and even if it doesn't, you won't care.
5: That's right. Who cares?
2: All right, my friend. Well, if we don't speak to you tomorrow and we may not uh, enjoy, you know, whatever to do, get better. I will. All right, Jim Roof. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. Look at that. What a trooper. A soldier. All right, that's Jim Roof. He is. Uh, Let me just say, the Richie's friend who bailed on going to the sex club uh, has emailed, and he says, I want to defend my man card. So, I guess he's all, he's irritated at Richie. Well, we don't have to break quite yet. No. Uh, So, maybe we should do this. So, here's the uh, the phone number. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If there are questions you want to ask of Richie that we have not yet asked, uh, so if, if there is some question about Richie's visit to the Swingers Club, some question that we should have asked and didn't, you call us now. You gotta keep it clean for the air. Don't make us uh, hit the dump. Don't make me dump you. Uh, it's, uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If, if ye have a question for Richie Bristol about his experience at the, uh, uh at the uh, Swingers Club. And Richie, if you could please, uh, we'll bring you back to the video. Sex, Panther. This sounder has never been more appropriate.
6: I oh, have yeah.
2: uh, many leatherbound books. All right. Uh, Richie Bristol joining us back here in the studio. So, uh, all right. And so, now, before we plunge into this, uh, so, I hesitate to ask this, but everybody's probably already come to this conclusion. I mean, the girls are your MySpace friends, right? Right. One of them. Okay, I mean, so, I, I, I'm i not, I mean, I hate to tell people, like, go to your MySpace page and check out a picture of the girls, but, I mean, it's, it seems like it's a pretty simple process of elimination. Yeah. You describe what the photo looks like, and they're on your friends list, so, uh, they are. Can,
3: and describe their comments. Yeah, yeah exactly. and they moved
2: up after this weekend. Oh, well,
3: of yeah, course. I, saw that I, your top eight.
2: I would hope so.
0: I just
2: moved them again. Uh, <laughs> it, can I just say this, though? Doesn't it seem obvious that the next trip is going to involve them uh, with each other?
3: Oh, yes. Come on. No. Oh please, dude! Anyone who's willing to be with their friend in the same room when their friend's having sex with somebody else will ultimately of course. Be with their it's friend. like one step away.
2: And again, I'm not passing judgment. To each his own. I don't care. Uh, but I'm saying it does seem patently obvious <laughs> that if you are willing to be 12 inches away from your friend while she's getting plowed by some guy, you're willing to uh you know to be you know no inches away from your friend. That's all I'm saying. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
8: Um I was just wondering if uh, maybe this is a good opportunity
2: for our next listener party. <laughs> really? It does uh, it does sort of seem that way, yeah. Well,
8: I mean if you're getting this kind of support across the board like you say, you know, it it sounds like a, you know. I mean it's it's uh don't cross it off the list is what I'm saying.
2: Well, we'll consider it. All right. Yeah. Thank you sir. But Bye. Bye. Uh, this email says, how were people dressed? He said lots of leather, but what else? That's a good question. The average guy or the average woman there, what were they dressed in? Well, Friday night's that fetish night thingy. Oh, uh, that's, that's different. So what was Saturday? Because that's yeah. like its own thing. It's like a club. Like on Saturday? Dressed nice. But, I mean, did you see guys in like a towel or something? No. Really? Nobody they were in
3: towels? Dressed normally in the
2: group room. Where the action was. But was upstairs, a lot they were of dressed normally. There. In the group room? Yeah. So did
3: you see any of the employees that showed us around doing anything?
2: Oh, that's a good question. The, no. the, the two men and a woman who uh, toured gave us the tour, you didn't see them engaged in anything? No. I mean, again, just, it, it's curious because... Well, because
3: they're not ashamed about no, it.
2: No, and the whole time they were giving us the tour... Well, can I just say this? Um, so the, w- there were two men and a woman who gave us the tour. And the woman, at one point, she was very reserved for most of the, most of the tour, but at then, one... yes, yeah, seriously, at one point, <laughs> she got excited. at one point, she's just out of the blue. She started describing uh, an act that she engaged in with another woman. And so then for the rest of that tour, every time I looked at her, that's all I could picture was her doing that. And so no, I'm just, i you know, whatever. It's kind of hot. So the, the whole she's describing it. I'm like, and she's like, so anyway, we do a big New Year's Eve ball, and then and meanwhile I'm just looking at her and just picturing that. So you didn't see, uh, didn't see them? No. All right.
6: Uh, let's see. Well, they escorted me around once. Because
2: they made this point of saying that they encourage women, or at the very least, women are not, you know, you're totally allowed to walk around nude if you're a woman. But uh, upstairs, they were people who dressed like they normally would be at like a club or a bar. Yeah, totally. Right. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seven. Remember to keep this clean, please. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show.
5: Yeah, I think Richie's moved those women from his top eight to his bottom two. <laughs>
2: Excellent, fantastic, well. And I would, I would like to go
11: on the record of saying, I'd like to go on the record of saying these next three things, dude, dude, dude. All right, thank you. bottom
2: two. Thanks so much. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
11: Hello. Hi. Hey, I was just curious. I went there years ago, and I was just wondering if they still do the whole intro briefing like an hour before the club opens.
2: Well, Richie already got... Uh, he got the whole spiel when we did the tour last Thursday but that's a good point did they just let you walk right in or did they revisit all the rules and regulations with you they revisited it with my guests. with oh that's right cuz they hadn't been there before right so was it, the the opening sort of speech that you got was it like uh, the one that we got on Thursday about yeah. what's allowed, what's not allowed. Because, yeah. for example, I'm not spilling secrets here. They have uh, no cell phones because they don't want pictures taken of anybody. People go there. for You know, they people don't necessarily want their private business made, their public business. So there's no cell phones allowed. And no means no. You're only allowed to ask once. So if you ask a woman to do something and she says no, you just don't ask again. You let her come. You know, she changes her mind. That's fine. But you don't ask again, which seems fine. Uh, so that you got that whole speech basically that we got. Yeah. All right. All right. And
11: then uh, one one last thing, going yeah. back to that whole about the the people who gave you the tour, yeah. I remember them saying something like that. They're kind of like on shift on certain nights, but not really allowed to do anything on those nights. I was
2: unclear about that about whether because some of them are sort of security, for lack of a better word, and I'm I'm unclear about whether they were allowed to partake in any of the activities while being security or whether it was. I think
11: they I think they did like a rotation, you know, just like okay, tonight you're security, so you know, hands off and try to be a little bit distant from everything.
2: Yeah, I would think it would be hard to be security while you're getting your swing on with somebody. uh, Yeah. All
11: right. Thank
2: you.
3: No, that's what the guy said when he was there. He said regardless of if they're working. If someone invites them to come play,
6: <laughs> shutter clock out. <laughs> what? No, then
3: oh, they'll, get <laughs> they'll get on their little walkie talkie. they'll get on their walkie talkie and let everyone know that they'll be unavailable
2: break. for the next seven to nine minutes. No. yeah.
3: Oh, she changed her picture. She actually has a scooter in this picture. Really? Let me see. Yeah. Uh, which one is she? She's that one. Yeah, right? no, see that. Yeah, I think that other picture is just unflattering.
2: Nothing, nothing wrong with her. Still got kind of crazy eyes, but what are you going to do? Uh, you know what they say about the crazy ones. Hi, huh? you're on the Rick Emerson
11: Show. Hey, Rick. Hello. Uh, I'm just wondering if, if Richie was would have gone both nights, you know, I mean, just like with him or his, his buddies, if uh, he would have got any, well, I don't know, action, so to speak.
2: What do what you think? You know? In other hey, words, are you saying if he had not gone with these women, if he had gone with his guy friends? Yeah, yeah, would
4: you, yeah.
2: Would you have, uh, let me ask, uh, let me put it this way. Let's say if you hadn't gone with these two women, let's say if you... And a group of your friends, male, female, whatever. Um, if, In other words, if you had not had a designated female partner, uh-huh. would you have maybe been interested in hooking up with uh, some of the, one of the women at the club? Uh, I saw a lot of hot wives. So if you had been there singly, if you had uh-huh. been there, in other words, you're not there with a girl. If you would just gone there either by yourself or with friends, but you're not attached to anybody, is there somebody, you know, would you have, like, asked a woman there? I would have tried to figure it out. You would have, been, you know, you would have gone over and... I oh, think hey, she hello, asked you. I think
3: he would try to figure out a way to get her to ask him.
6: Well, like the one that was playing pool, my guess is there was it's husband and wife, so it's yeah. probably like a trade-in deal or something. Well, and, they, you know, you got to figure they're they're there, so they're at least open to being asked. In other words,
2: it's not like a bar where you ask a girl, like, hey, do you want to, and then she slaps you where it's awkward or whatever. It seems like in a place like this, if you ask a woman, like, hey, do you want to go wah-wah, uh, and at worst-case scenario, she just goes, eh, nah, I'm not interested, and then you kind of go, well, all right. So if you had been there uh, not with a woman, if you hadn't had a date, uh, you think you would have found a way to hook up? You would have been interested in hooking up with a woman there? Yeah. All right. All right. There you go, sir. I don't even know what he said.
3: Did you believe twice?
2: You just done 20 seconds? No, I just did once. You just did twice. I don't think I hit it the first time. Okay. Uh, all right. So so, but there were women there that you would have been comfortable either, you know, you either hit on them or you try to get them to notice you. Very comfortable. All right. <laughs> now, let me,
3: so wait, let me ask the bottom line. Did you actually have sex with both of the girls? No. Did you have sex with one of them?
2: Yeah. Wait, was it girl one was or it? girl two? Was it this girl?
6: Girl two. Okay. This girl over here? Like I said, I
3: no, the other
2: one. All right. Uh, now, why did you not uh, have relations with the other girl?
6: Because that was when the door was kind of, we were playing, and it was the, you know, it started out, it was the beginning of... Because it was
2: sort of interrupted by the notion that people were watching. Well, that and then the
6: mood was just kind of broken for you. It was the it was the initiating. We were just kind of playing around. Would you say that it's because? Let me ask you this:
2: Can we just say that uh, it's because with girl one, it was early in the evening and you just were not sort of in the in the groove yet?
6: Yeah, we were playing around and then we went to the dance floor. And then
2: you came back and you
6: and girl number two. Yeah, that's when she said, "Oh, it's my." Was
2: girl number one sort of open to the idea, but it just the mood wasn't right. Hmm. I mean, do you think you could yeah, have I gotten have given with... a good vibe from that? I mean, we played. But... Could you have gotten with girl number He'd one if you'd wanted to? played. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm... We can we settle play. on fooled around, perhaps? Or <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> could you? Do you think that if you'd wanted to get with girl one, you could have? Not at that time. But I mean, uh, eventually, probably. Did she would have been open to it, though, at some point. Probably. Yeah, because yeah, as Sarah said, if she's willing to sit there like eight inches away from her friend while her friend is getting it on with you. How close-minded can she really be to the idea of seeing you naked? But that's the thing. The second
6: girl was the one watching. Well, you know what I'm saying. The girl okay. who you
2: didn't, but I mean, you know.
3: But even so, like, the girl, even though she wasn't watching, like, she's doing that in front of her friend, and she knows that her friend's sitting there. I wouldn't do that in front of my friend, you know?
2: I don't even like <laughs> to go the <laughs> bathroom while people are there. So, all right. I, I, think I'm just, I, I think I'm out of
3: questions at this point. I
2: just... uh I, I can't even imagine. I know that there's a billion more questions I should be asking, but I'm feeling a little overwhelmed by the whole thing. Me too. Does this? Let me ask you this, Sarah. Does this make you more uh, want to go there more or less, as an observer? Not Probably because, of course, more. you would not. It seems
3: like everyone leaves you alone.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. Would you say? Would you agree with what the the pitch they were given is that it's a very clean and respectful environment? Yes. yes. You didn't, and there was no. And when I say weirdness, I mean, there was no negative vibe for anybody there. Everybody you know, kind of left you alone,
6: left, every, you, left you to your own devices. Yeah, everybody's really nice. you got smiles, like, you know, when you walk by, you say hi. You could tell that the vibe's really good. And, that,
2: and they're very, and you said you weren't worried about people going, I listened to you on that radio show. They, they, they are very, you know, apparently everybody there, as the guy said, because I asked him, I'm like, I'm like, do you ever see anybody here that you know on the outside or whatever? And he's like, well, they're members of the same club you are, so everybody is very discreet. You know, if you see somebody you know, you don't mention it. If you pass somebody that you know from the club, you pass them at Fred Meyer, maybe you nod your head, but you probably don't say anything. No one, you know, what happens there stays there. You say you got that vibe from everybody? Yeah. Alright. So, alright. Well, I'm, I'm kind of with you in the sense that I, it's just, you know, it does seem like, um, A very controlled environment. Yeah, if you wanted to see that it. sort of thing, it seems like a very controlled and safe environment, which is actually that's exactly the words they use all the time. That it's a very safe environment in with which you know in which to you know sort of take in that sort of uh, that sight. So, all right. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. So Richie Bristol, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Swingers Club veteran. <laughs> Weirdest show ever. All right. Uh, okay we'll come back Tim Riley and if we have time we'll get to this uh, top five ladies and gents oh we're going to be starting tomorrow I think we're going to be giving away Kissology volume 3 so be listening for that Uh, plus the glorious bastard of the year coming up and we're just a few days away from our uh, fantastic holiday extravaganza be listening the Rick Emerson show continues next why hello it's the Rick Emerson radio program 503-733-2970. Coming up at 3, the Tom Likas Show. Donna Mike at 7. Let's see, what is today, Tuesday? Uh, Tomorrow, uh, we'll talk to our good friend, Mr. Skin. Friday, the holiday spectacular. This, however, at the Ministry of Truth is Tim Riley.
0: And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
1: Our top story, new information indicates a vacuum cleaner kills fleas as efficiently as poison. According to scientists, the standard vacuum cleaner kills 96% of adult fleas and 100% of young fleas. I'm supposed to vacuum, my dog? Mm-hmm. A professor of fleedom at Ohio State University says... Vacuum they will brushes, never take our fleedom! They say vacuum brushes wear the outer layers that fleas need to survive. The findings shocked the research team so much that they did repeated tests. Yes, they... Imagine a...
2: the poor dog they repeatedly vacuumed.
1: Vacuuming is a great strategy because it involves no chemicals and physically removes the problem. Well done. Why okay. not it yourself tonight? Somebody arrived at a hospital with a dead body in the car. Police say an employee of Legacy Sanion Creek Hospital told police a man arrived there with a dead body in the car. Deputies learned the 20-year-old male had driven to the hospital with a woman he said was his grandmother. When he arrived, he asked for medical help. Hospital staff went outside and found the woman in his car, all right, wrapped in a blanket, removed her, took her inside. They found out she was dead. Injuries to the woman appear to be suspicious. Authorities believe that the woman had been transported from the Water's Edge condominiums on Northeast Salmon Creek Avenue. Names of those involved are not being released at this time. That's all we have at the moment.
2: Uh, all right. Uh, so I've got, uh, well, we got the top five. We could do the top five. Who wants to do the top five? Oh, I do.
1: I love what the is top five. What is it? Top five. Uh, it is the top
2: five bands that sound just like ACDC.
1: Oh. Yeah. I suppose. Is there
2: no enthusiasm for that? I'm not really
3: stoked on that. No, no. Really. I thought it was going to be the sad Christmas songs. I would be excited about no. that. No.
2: Well, you got to put that together. Something I have to put it together? Well, we have to put that together. Okay. I'll feeling? do it if there's nothing else I happening. I know. I'm sorry. When you're done, you can go home and, I know, and lay I around. I keep
3: washing. I'm wiping my hands. I'm not going to get you. Through. I'll bring
2: you uh, Arrested Development tonight.
3: I know that. So I don't. Idea. I think
2: I've got season two. I may have season one. I could you be know, wrong about just
3: that. Just all I want to do is watch a marathon of Arrested Development. I don't even care right. what season. I, uh, is.
2: I'll go home and see what I got. There. Uh, okay. Well, here. Okay. I got two. I'll do it things. anyway. Here's the thing. No, no, no. We can either do the top five, which are not really, are not really stoked here. about, or we can. Uh, I can talk about this exciting Christmas present that Susan Reynolds gave me.
1: Oh, I want to hear about the Christmas present.
2: Don't be all jaded. It's like $3, I think. But it was. But she bought it for us because she knows it's great for the show. Mm-hmm. Who wants to do the Christmas present? Me. Me. All right, okay. We'll do the top five another day. Some other time. All right.
3: I'm uh, oh, sorry. Susan. am <laughs> Re- on my microphone.
2: Susan Reynolds saw these at a store, and she thought of us. She even wrapped it for us, and then I unwrapped it. As, I was, and I told him like, well, I don't want to open it; it's not Christmas. She's like, No, 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 open it; it'd be great for the show. Is it a
1: Carnica present?
2: Uh, possibly, yes. Um, she has now. Let me uh, open this. I actually haven't even taken the plastic off. Hold on, let me open it. All right, Susan Reynolds has given us young person slang flashcard. <laughs>
3: oh.
2: It says, "Are you over thirty or simply suburban?" Yes. Get hip in mere days with these slang flashcards.
3: Please think we're going to quiz each other on we're gonna now. We're going to quiz
2: each other right now. Okay. There's actually, like, four volumes. Bridget has volume two, and there's actually one that's just office, like, corporate speak. Hmm. All right. Let me take these out of here. All right. Uh, they're huge. Oh wow, they're, they're huge. huge. I'm just going to be eating. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see here. All right. Um, who wants to be quizzed first? Sarah. All right, Sarah. I'm not hip. I'm gonna. Uh, here's the deal. They're just like regular flashcards. On the front is a word, and then on the back is the definition, and then they use it in context. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna show Sarah this slang flashcard. You must then tell me what it means in the vernacular of you know the young folk.
3: I don't like. I don't want to use slang though. Okay. All right. I'm ready.
2: All right. The word is grip.
3: G R I P. That's a lot. Grip. As in. He was wearing a grip of necklaces.
2: You know who uses this all the time is Aaron. Yeah. Uh, grip, a considerable amount or quantity, as in she's got a grip of cash in her fanny pack.
3: In her oh. fanny pack?
2: Or how about this? Put a grip of sugar in my coffee.
3: Who puts fanny pack in hip cards?
2: I don't know. So there you go. Grip.
3: Well done. There, somebody totally messing with you. I, uh, just... Oh no, they're messing with the people. Oh yeah. But all it's right. like, Oh no, people still talk about fanny packs.
2: All right, Tim. Play, I'll quiz you. Yeah, I want to play. I'll quiz you, and then we'll pass the cards. Uh, so clockwise. the idea is to put it in a phrase. Well, to, to be to really prove that you know what the word means, you should use it in a phrase. Actually, yes. Okay. All right, Tim. Mm-hmm. I'm holding up this next hip slang flashcard. How great and dumb is this bit? It's fine. Okay. This word is hater. H a t e r. Tim, hater.
1: Oh, don't be a hater.
2: Please do uh, define what the word means. Someone who hates. Would you like to expand on that? Someone who dislikes something immensely. A palpably envious, jealous, or resentful person, yes. Uh don't be a hater just I bake. just because I make my stuffing from scratch. I think it's Richie's cell phone right Sounds now.
1: Like the Flintstones
2: are calling yeah. Richie. All right.
1: Well done. Richie, you left your phone in. All right. Here.
3: Uh Sarah, let Ooh. pass you these?
2: That was easy. Okay, Sarah, please to quiz one or more of us. Some young lady <laughs> is trying to get in touch with you.
3: I know. <laughs> All right, who am I quizzing?
2: Uh your choice.
3: Um I want to find out Don't
2: cherry-pick words.
3: Okay. Rick? Yes? Your word is...
2: This is the slang flashcards.
3: Your slang flashcard word is... Janky.
2: (laughs) Janky. J-A-N-K-Y.
3: It's not a spelling bee, Rick.
2: I'm just... I'm saying for the benefit of the audience. For the people. Because they can't see the flashcard. Uh, Janky. Do you know what it means? And did you know without... Did you know before looking at the card? No, I didn't know. (laughs) Janky. Is it, mean, it is it like hip or styling? Like, cool. Like, hey, check out these janky shoes I bought. God, I'm retired. Quite
3: the opposite, Rick Emerson. Oh, God, really? Yes, the sentence is, do you smell her janky argyle socks? Janky, undesirable, intensely repellent, or unpleasant. A person, um, especially, okay, this doesn't make sense. Of inferior quality, worthless, not up to standards. Weird, inappropriate, tacky, unstylish. So janky is bad. Yes.
2: yes. Jeez. Boy, I'm janky on hip. Janky
3: is bad. All
2: right. All right, Tim, your turn. All right. Then you may quiz us. Mm.
3: All right, Tim Riley. Mm-hmm.
2: We're going to be slang flashcards that Susan Reynolds. Sees, sees Does not Susan have a great sense for this you show? It's
3: vacation week. Who cares if we just want to quiz each other? I'm, I'm saying. True. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this cannot be fun to be listening to. It's There's the 60 three of, us, of these. We're idiots. We're sitting in a room going like...
2: No, no, no. Well, you know what? The people are playing along. I can sense these things.
3: All you right, are. Tim. Mm-hmm. Your slang hip word is Lit.
2: L I T. Lit L I T. Please do define and use in a sentence. Hmm. Can I go for the block?
1: I, I I do I do know what this means. Okay. But I'm not sure if it's from this decade.
2: Well, you should you know, depending Good, but, on the guess.
1: Um the person was partying and they were extremely lit.
3: That is correct, Tim Riley.
1: Intoxicated.
3: Intoxicated.
1: Well done, Tim.
3: Boy, I'm the only one. See, who's some of my one. neighbors
1: might be
2: doing this. All right, you should go give these, and you should put, give these to Tim. Okay. And
1: then he can quiz you. So I've got a hundred so far, haven't I? Yeah, you really have. I've
2: that only got. Grand prize. I think I've failed. I'm the loserist of all of us. So should I shuffle these? I can just pick one at random if you like. Okay. Some of these look too. Easy. These are fas- uh, the slang. The flashcard said, "Use old-fashioned teaching techniques to get you talking street almost immediately." I feel like a street person. <laughs> yes, I. <do.
1: laughs> I look like one. Let's set
2: someone on fire. <laughs>
1: The word is
2: SteeLo. Can I see? Oh, who is this for? It's for you. SteeLo. Thank God I didn't know that. <laughs> S-T-E-L-O. SteeLo.
0: S-T-E-E-L-O. Stilo. Stilo. SteeLo.
2: I feel like I, I... Okay, tomorrow when we do the same bit again... Tomorrow? <laughs> for hours. <laughs> tomorrow we're going to have... Tomorrow we're going to do a thing. We're going to have a, a listener on hold and we'll be able to throw it to the listeners like a lifeline. I'm going to expand this contest tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to make this even. I'm going to define new rules for this tomorrow. Stilo. Stilo. Uh, can I ask for a hint? Is it what kind? Is it a noun, a verb, an adjective? Does it say? It's kind of an adjective. No, it's a noun. It's a noun. Mm-hmm. Stilo, and it's a noun. You don't know what it is? No, I've never even heard can of you it. You need a hint. Um, can you hint without giving it away?
1: Ooh, no. Um, if you she's, use it, she's if she's, you she's use really, it in a sentence, she's really
2: stiloed. Um, she's st- really in stilo. Okay.
3: Okay. Um. Oh yeah, he just gave it to you, Rick. All
1: right. It. Is it also drunk? No. Okay. What is it? Stilo. I'll give it to you in a sentence. Your stilo puts the tinder in bartender, baby. Well, okay, well, what is the actual definition? I'm still
2: lost. It is style. Oh, style? Really? Mm-hmm. Her
1: stilo sti- her is so last year. Also has uh, no one confidence and charisma.
2: I know. Okay, I failed again. Okay, you have to quiz Sarah now. All right, let me find a good one here. All right. Stilo, that's, no one uses that. That's made up. That is completely fictitious. I defy anyone to call up and say that they've ever used stilo in a sentence.
1: Well, these are kind of, uh... okay, I'm trying to find one that she might not know. Because some of these I've heard Sarah use before, but this one she has not. Okay. Biter. B I T E R.
3: Oh, that's like to bite one's style. Like, um, she bought the same pair of shoes as I did. She's a biter. Darn it. You're correct. I mean, good damn for you. your fashion sense. <laughs> damn your modern
2: blah, blah, blah. Damn your grasp on the popular vernacular, Sarah. That was fun. We should play this every day. Okay, let me quiz one listener. Thank
3: you, Susan Reynolds.
2: Let me quiz quiz one listener. Seriously.
3: (laughs) I feel more educated.
2: Tomorrow we're going to play Twister. Hi, uh, (laughs) who's this?
8: Yeah, this is Dwight. You cut me off earlier.
2: Yeah, probably. There's probably a good reason for it, though.
8: Yeah, no, not really. I wanted to uh, tell you that uh, I went to Jackpot Records.
11: Yeah. Because of how Sarah read that. Oh, thank course. you. Sarah you was like reaching
2: it? for the hang-up button just they, now, but they, so they are
11: great people.
2: Excellent. They're
1: really awesome. Really
8: people. a cool place. They don't want to cross the street to CD Game Exchange and picked up a GameCube. Did you? Kid.
1: Uh, excellent. Did
2: you awesome. tell? Did you tell those folks you heard it here?
8: Absolutely.
2: Excellent. And yeah, thank The you, great thing mind.
8: about CD Game Exchanges, if they've got a lot of something, they charge less.
2: Yeah, no, it is. They do yeah, have, they a great have a very flexible
3: copy. price. Graduated. $6, $8, $9. I was really saying. cool.
2: All right. Thank
8: you, sir. Tip your news carrier, not your mail carrier. How come three of them are calling in in the middle of the day?
2: <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thank you. Bye That's now. what I was thinking. I'm, was not I'm not
3: calling out um, letter carriers, but it, didn't you think it was be on like, the clock? they tip at least 50, 50% of the customers tip all They all, all the have time. time
2: to call. Uh, hi, uh, Rick Emerson, Joe, who's this? Yeah, all right. You lose. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, this is Chris. Hi, Chris. All right, I'm going to quiz you from the slang flashcards that Susan Reynolds bought us. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, the word is tap, T-A-P, tap. There are two definitions, though. Tap, T-A-P. T-A-P? T-A-P is in Paul.
5: Okay, uh, would that be another word for sex?
2: To have sexual intercourse with... Uh, yes, uh, also um, secondary usage to fight or beat up, as in, if he doesn't shut up, I'll tap him. I've never heard that.
8: That doesn't sound tough. That's the European
1: version of tapping. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Bye now. How great are these? They are. There's
3: 60 more and that you Bridget. Know what? I wish people could see them because they're huge. They're huge. And, and they, they, have they look pictures on the just back.
2: like, and they've got the the core, the wackily sort of really like, like right, retro with with nerdy. All right. You love this. I do. Um, all right. Oh, by the way, people have asked about seeing pictures of us, our tour of the Swingers Club. Um, it, 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 not to bust out Richie, but it, it's a little unclear. When you go to the um, station's MySpace page, if you haven't, people have. Like, I don't know how to use MySpace. I got some people who are like, who just signed up for MySpace for the sole purpose of looking at our Swingers Club pictures. When you go to the station's MySpace page, which is MySpace.com slash AM970, just click on the logo and it'll take you to the photo galleries. So that's what you do. You go to MySpace.com slash AM970, and you just click on the station logo, and it'll take you to the photo (laughs) galleries, and there's one of our Tour of the Swingers Club. So, uh, all right, here's uh, here's Sarah Dillon with a final... Oh, uh, crap, and then we've got a break. All right. Final uh, slang flashcard for me.
1: Oh, see, you're just picking a hard one. You're trying trying to make me look bad. Um,
3: There has to be a challenging one. Tootie. Are you saying that I'm? Are you
2: saying that I'm so unbelievably right, hip and my grasp yes, on popular sorry. culture is so immense? I'm that sure that was it. Uh-huh.
3: All right, Rick. My hip phrase for you is dime out.
2: Dime out. Is dime that to out. is that to tattle on, or to uh, give away information about someone? I think it might be to drop a dime on. In other words.
3: That's exactly what it is. Ha! You drive way too fast. I had to dime you out.
2: That's totally what it is. It's a, yeah, totally it's a tattle or squeal on someone, as Mickey Spillane might say. Well, hooray for me! Well, all you right. prove me wrong with a batting talking. average of one in three? Uh, all right, back after this to wrap it up. Like is at three, Donna Mike at seven. You said it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> All right, then. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stone for AM 970 Talent State Radio, proud part of the CBS radio family. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol, uh, Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper, Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, and Bridget from upstairs, podcasting and imagery and webmistress. Uh, as always, don't let the bastards credit down. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Watch out for Snake. See you tomorrow. Like us next. Down to Mike at 7. Uh, Mr. Skin tomorrow and a whole bunch of other stuff. Stay there, because like us is next. Don't go anywhere. Bye.
4: I barely knew her.